Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. everybody, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Jets Radio. This is one of your hosts, Tyson Roush. And hey, breaking news, the New York Jets actually won a football game. Hello and behold, it must be the holidays. It must be a miracle that the zombies actually woke up for a half of football and actually played football. Fancy that the New York Jets, Joe. The New York Jets won a football game. This is amazing times. Oh. Yeah, absolutely, and I'm I'm happy to see it. I'll take a win any way I can get it. It it wasn't as pretty. It was it was ugly. It was grimy at first, but we got through it. But listen here, I am the man of the people. I am here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote our Facebook page. Everyone, go on Facebook, search Long Beach Joe. Okay, like that page. Our content's up there. Give it a listen. Message us. We'll message you right back. Also, leave us some feedback, man. We love hearing from you guys about what you think about what we're doing here. So let us know. Give us your thoughts. And without further ado, Ty, let's get into the show. I am fired up. Yeah, as always, you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. We're on Twitter, at TalkJetsRadio. We're on Instagram, TalkJetsRadio. We're pretty much everywhere. So give us a follow, subscribe. We appreciate the listens, the follows, the interactions. It's always fun talking about a 4-9 team that's celebrating an overtime victory over the worst team in football. That's always a good time doing that. But, Joe, before we go into this, this dynasty that is the New York Jets, this, this powerful, steamrolling team led by Bryce Petty, we're going to go to something a lot more important. We're going to bring on Sergeant Stanley, who is a Marine, that could help us talk about toys for tots. So, hang on one second here. Sergeant Stanley, this is Tyson. How are you doing tonight? Pretty good, gentlemen. How are you doing? 
Uh, we're doing pretty good, man. We were talking about a pretty lousy football team, so we want to talk about something much more positive in the community, how everybody can help things out. So, Sergeant, can you please just give us some background on the Marines and this whole initiative? So the Toys for Tots, the initiative is just uh, for us to get out in the community, be able to collect toys, bring them to a warehouse, and then distribute the toys to children in need. So it's a request system that, um, you know, group homes or, or parents, they can put in a request and for them to actually receive the toys, not just random people, but for children that actually need them that, you know, don't have anything open up and are not are not blessed with that on Christmas. So we actually are able to bring them toys to them so they can, you know, be happy just like every other kid in the area. Sergeant Stanley, my name is Joe, and I want to thank you for coming on the show. I also want to thank you for your service as well. Um, as a former military member, I know how hard it is, you know, to do your job. Uh, what is your position with the Toys for Tots exactly, and how do you, you know, work within that process? So my position in northern New Jersey, I'm a recruiter, and my position is to talk to everyone on a daily basis. So a lot of times, instead of just going out and recruiting, we want to spread the word about Toys for Tots, especially this time of year, because we want to spread the word as far as possible so we can get as many toys as possible so we can bring that to the kids. So I'm the word that goes out in the streets and tells everyone, also, at our office in Rockaway, New Jersey, a lot of people take the initiative just to bring in a couple bags here and there of toys, and we do a run every day to that warehouse, and we work with uh, a gunnery sergeant, Clayton, who works at the reserve station in uh, Dover, New Jersey, and as a team, we're able to bring those toys to the warehouse, sort through them, put them from age group for boy and girl, and then uh, when time comes for delivery, we also help them out with that as well. What are some of the challenges you face when trying to get the toys and get, you know, get the word out for Toys for Tots? <laughs> to be honest, in our area, the challenge is, is, is sorting through all the toys that the, the community brings to us because it's very supportive in this area. But it's not that it's just northern New Jersey that works on this initiative during the holidays. It's, it's nationwide. So some of the challenges nationwide would, would be like, um, you know, they're following trends. So they get certain types of toys that only work with a certain age group. But it, it, it covers everyone from age one you know, all the way up to the teenage years. So having a good variety to give out to everyone that needs it rather than just having young young kid toys or, you know, middle-aged kid toys, having the variety is, is the true challenge. Now, Sergeant, what is the best way for our listeners to get involved? Is it to help promote the cause? Is it to actually donate the toys? What's the best way for everybody to get involved? You know, gentlemen, just putting the word out there because without the word, the initiative would never be pushed through. So if the word's out there, the people that can afford to help out the community – you know, once it lays on their hearts, they're able to get out and do it. But if no one, you know, if no one has an idea of what Toys for Tots is or how it works, then no one's going to contribute. But as long as the word is flowing through every ear possible, in the, you know, in the United States, then someone's going to feel willing enough to give, and the thing will flourish. Exactly, and it's an absolute great cause. Everyone, get over to toysfortots.org and get involved. Now, Sergeant, I want to talk to you about this New York Jets team. Okay, let, let's there we go. Right in. But what <laughs> that's what I'm talking about, baby. What are your thoughts about this quarterback, you know, situation that we have here? Are you behind Petty? Are you a fifth guy? Are you looking to have Geno come back next year? Where are you at with that? I'm telling you, gentlemen, I'm probably on the same page you are. I've actually had a, a lot of off time with the with the Jets. I got to tour the facility this summer. I got to go watch a couple of practices. I got in the Porsche VIP area. So I got to view all the quarterbacks, you know, within ten feet. Petty's a good quarterback. He just needs gameplay. You know, even even if they got a 
you know, the way the ball rolling, they might have to go to the four string. But he's a good quarterback. He just needs gameplay. Now, Geno, as long as he can come back, he's got the veteran status. Now, Fitz, everybody wants to believe in him because the year he put in last year, you know, he, he came out, he did surprise. We were rolling, and then this year it's just like we were, you know, our breath was taken. So I'm not sure what Fitz's stance is. I'm not sure what the stance is on the team for him. But I do know that Geno has a little bit of veteran status. He can come bring that. Even if he is, you know, pulling the Michael Vick card and helping Petty out next year, I think it's going to turn around. We just need some time on the field for Petty. Does that make sense? Sergeant, I'm not going to let you off that easy. I'm sorry. I just don't let you do that. Because, <laughs> see, on, on this show, we, we try to keep it real, and Fitzpatrick's going to be gone. I, I honestly think yes. that Gino, Gino has a lot of value, but I think the way he was treated by the fans and media, he's probably going to get out of Dodge as fast as he can. So then you have Petty and you have Hackenberg. Would you draft Who are they pulling in? in the first round? Would you bring it? Would you bring, would right. you draft a quarterback in the first round? As the way things have went this year and last year, I would I would definitely take a look at that or looking at the free agency as the, you know, quarterbacks might be moving, new young quarterbacks coming on teams and they're they're steamrolling. So old veteran quarterbacks might be trying to find a new spot. You know, I'm sure we all know who I'm talking about. So we'll see what happens with that. You know, as the the end, the end of the year comes around, but. As the, as the situation is now, you know, I can't I can't put all the cards on the table because I don't know what the administration is going to do in the draft, but I do know Petty has got to give him some game time. But if they do draft, I would draft a quarterback because we need to find somebody that's a franchise player that's going to hang around, that's going to learn the team, learn the books, and, you know, bring it on the field every game of every season rather than, you know, changing it up every year. So, Sergeant Stanley, you happen to mention a veteran quarterback. Would you like Tony Romo to be the quarterback in the New York Jets next year? Ah, uh, I don't. I don't think that's the the quarterback I would look for. But you know, a, a lot of Jets fans. I've been to I've been to a lot of games this year, and that's the game I went to uh, against the Colts last Monday. That name was being thrown around because everybody was a little hot headed about the way the game was going. But you know, as long as he can stay healthy, he's a good quarterback. We'll see. But you know, his his track record of staying healthy isn't as strong as most would uh, would hope for if he did come to the Jets. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm not interested in having Tony Romo on at all. I think his price tag is going to be too high. And, and I, it, you brought up a very interesting point about, you know, we need to get a franchise quarterback. And I think that a lot of people are so, you know, hell-bent on going out and drafting a guy that, like you said, if, if you give Petty time, if you develop these young quarterbacks we have here, you said it yourself. You watch them on the sidelines, and the guy, he's got it. But he needs more reps. He needs game time. So I think that's something that, that people need to start thinking about as well when we're talking about drafting a quarterback or even signing a free agent quarterback. It's, what are we doing with these guys here? But, but I digress on that. I want to talk to you about this defense. What are your thoughts about how badly they're playing this year? Well, I mean, as I, as I come around to watch the defense, everyone was preaching, you know, Revis Island all these years. But the <laughs> island has gotten pretty small. So I don't know how much he can cover anymore. And plus the talk, I mean, he, he's saying himself that he's getting old. I think the defense itself uh, could, could look into picking up some players in the off season rather than, you know, focusing on, uh, you know, a 50 plus man roster on one man, which is a quarterback. You can look at that defense. You know, you're going to need, you're going to need somebody to come in eventually replace Revis. If he's not going to hang his hat at the end of the year, I don't know how much the franchise is invested in him hanging around, but they need to get, you know, more young guys, more, more, Maybe maybe not even young, just more hungry guys to get out there and defend the ball. You know, because the first game of the season, I was at the, the Bengals game, and, you know, the long bombs the whole game. 
you know, the corners weren't covering, the safeties weren't weren't moving over and covering, you know, even if it was off-man coverage. So I think they need people that are hungry, that are going to get out there and actually perform rather than, you know, working off a status like Revis Island. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And you you bring up a a really good point as well, is guys working off their status, but they're not actually performing this year. Revis is one of those guys, but another guy is Muhammad Wilkerson. Um, You know, all the reports coming about him missing practices and, He's, you know, been a distraction. He's been missing practices this year as well. And a lot of people are questioning his effort on the field as well. And it looks like when you watch film that he's given up. Is he a guy that you would look to move this offseason and just get as much as you can, even though we've given him as much money as we've given him in that contract? I'll tell you this. You know, this is basis of life. If somebody's bringing down the team with negativity, then it's not going to be positive results. So if the guy is not showing up to practice, if he's not putting in the effort, the players see it. That's negativity around the players, so they're not going to be want to be you know in that environment. So you need to move him, get rid of him, and do something. If he's not willing to follow along with the team rules, you know, give the effort to the team. It doesn't matter how good you are if you don't show the effort, it's not going to happen during the game. So, yeah, I mean, I can agree with that. If he's not going to perform well in the games, if he's not even going to show up to practice. He needs to find another home. And I could not agree with you more. To establish a winning culture, just to establish accountability. You can't have that consistently in the locker room. It's just a huge, huge problem. So the million-dollar question, the big question for you tonight is, would you fire Todd Bowles? Put me on the spot, gentlemen. Put me on the spot. Of course. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I had a chance to talk with him in the offseason. You know, it, like um, when we went in and did the tour of the, of the, of the place, he's a great guy. However, um, you know, maybe he was good at his prior position. But coming into the head coaching job, his performance is not as what everybody would hope for. Now, if it was my call, I'm all about let, let's see how he develops his quarterback. Let's see what he can bring in the offseason with the team that he has. Maybe give him one more year because I'm not a guy that acts off impulse. You know, it's been a couple years, but there's been coaches in the NFL, you know, throughout history that's had a bad couple years. And then when they got the right staff, the right team, they were able to turn it around. So, Maybe give him one more year, help him out, focus on his staff, focus on the defense, focus on developing these young quarterbacks. If he doesn't fall through next year, then you got to look for a change. you got to look not only for a change in coach, but maybe a change in staff completely and to be able to bring that franchise back to where it needs to be. Very well said. Very, very well said. Well, first of all, Sergeant Stanley, please give out all your information again, how everybody can help out with the Toys for Tots program. Well, if you feel the need to help out, you can go to any recruiting station, there's 14 of them across the state of New Jersey, New York, over 20. You can walk into any station, talk to the Marines there. They'll point you in the right direction, or they'll take the toys from you, and they'll make the drop-off to where the toys need to be taken. Like I said, the Marine Corps is very small. We're all one team, so we're not going to just turn you away just because we're not the people that deal with it. We'll do every, every bit of the piece that we can do to complete the puzzle to get these kids the toys. So if you know a Marine, you know where the office is, look us up on Google, just like you guys said at the beginning of the show, look us up on Facebook. We're able to bring, you know, you bring them to us and we'll take them to the warehouses and we'll make sure everything's taken care of. Well, Sergeant Stanley, first of all, thank you for your time tonight. Thank you for your service to our great country. And, you know, thank you for all you do. We definitely appreciate it and have a very, very, a great holiday season. Same to you, gentlemen. I appreciate you letting me on the show. No problem. Have a great night. Yes, sir. All right, Joe, once again, that, you know, toysfortots.org. And, and like we were talking about this, you know, we talked about, you know, the month prior about, you know, the community food bank. The holiday season is a time where everybody's happy, everybody's festive, but 
we want to make sure everybody enjoys it. And at this time of season for kids, it's all about toys. When we were kids, yeah. the first thing you do is you run to the tree, you want to get a toy. Everybody wants one. So if you have the ability to give one back or let somebody else have a smile while we're having one, Joe, I mean, this is something we should all do. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's so important to, you know, give these kids a good Christmas. Go in there, do whatever you can. Go to toysfortots.org. You know, get involved. Donate if you can, and money as well. Your time, there's volunteering opportunities open there too. And as Sergeant Stanley spoke about, go talk to the Marines. If you have toys, go in there and give it to them. Go buy something and give it to a Marine, and he'll make sure that it goes gets where it needs to go. So everyone, get involved. Toysfortots.org. Well, Joe, the New York Jets won a football game, and it was a miracle because Zombie Nation was in full effect in the first quarter. Petty throws an interception. Before you know it, it's 14 points on the board, and you're like, oh, my God, we're going to get blown out 38 nothing to the 49ers. And the Jets, the Jets were resilient, and the guys that were resilient were the young guys that should have been playing three weeks ago. And, and yeah. it's so funny, and we're not going to go too much into this game. I'd rather focus on the personnel because the game really doesn't matter at this point, unless you're one of the people that are begging for losses. But that's a whole other story. But the, the thing is, this, it's, it's so frustrating to hear Todd Bowles or the beat writers compliment players because they're making the young guys making plays. They should have been playing four or five weeks ago. Like, yeah. all these guys should have already been in the game. You know, it's unfortunate that Brino's out for the year and Gilchrist is out for the year. They should have been benched weeks ago. Like, this should have already yeah. been done. Blau Powell should have been getting more reps. Like, this, this, yeah. like, Todd Bowles is getting credit for something he didn't even do. He's being forced yeah. to do these things because of injuries. This wasn't his decision. You know what I mean? Like, none of this was a decision for him. This was, this was forced to him, and he's benefiting from it. Like, Bilal Powell is not – this isn't, like, breaking news. He's a good running back. He's been a good running back. You refuse to yeah. play him more. Freddie Bishop should have been called up. All these, guys, all these young guys are now leaving impression. Justin Burris, another guy. Why have they not been playing? Because Todd Bowles is clueless. And I will yeah. say it, Joe, so I'm blue in the face. He is scared. He is most definitely scared to bench a, venture, a veteran. He may bench Sheldon for a period of time. He's scared to deactivate somebody. He's scared to bench him, whether it's Revis, Moe, Brino. The fact that Brino started was an embarrassment after what he's been yeah. doing. It's, Bowles cannot handle veterans. The young players, which we'll touch on, did great. And then there's times where you're like, all right, this team fought back. They're fighting back. The Petty's leading it. How they're all motivated. To end the game before overtime, Joe, I could have just broke every bottle in the house. Where, <laughs> why are we running the ball? You have Bryce yeah. Petty. You have a guy with a huge arm. You're, you're playing for nothing. Why are you not throwing Hail Marys? Why are you not throwing the ball down the field? With the new pass yeah. interference rules, you have Robbie Anderson. You have Devin Smith who refused to play for whatever reason. I'm still not understanding that. And that's just a, a ridiculous at this point. But, Joe, explain to me that. Explain to me so all Bowles is trying to do, he offsets it by stupidity. Not benching players they're supposed to bench. And then to end the game for overtime, Joe, that was stupid. That, that's just game management. That makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. That's exactly why I believe he should be fired. He's doing this thing. He seems to be so in over his head. It's the same thing every week. It's mismanagement of the game not knowing, you know, clutch game situations, not knowing situational football like you just spoke about, and I was going to speak about as well. Why are you not throwing a Hail Mary at the end of the game? Why are you blowing through timeouts and calling timeouts with seconds left on the clock instead of trying to get in the field goal range? 
you're blowing timeouts when the clock has already stopped. That doesn't make sense. So these things don't so make sense. So timeouts to run the ball. Exactly. It's, 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 it's absolutely, it's dumb. It's dumb football. You know, and, and, and the fact that, like you said, the, the mismanagement of the roster, we've talked about that all year as well. The fact that he's starting guys now, like you said, Bilal Powell, Bryce Teddy. Bryce should have been starting weeks ago. He should have never have been sad after that game against the Rams. He should have been allowed to play then. But Bowles was so intent on trotting Fitz out there every single chance that he got. You know, this thing with Bilal Powell, Bilal Powell should have been getting more carries. We talked about him time and time again, week in and week. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Speak out. There were games where C.J. Spiller was seeing more action than Bilal Powell. That was just ridiculous. And again, this is something that falls on Todd Bowles because, and I find it interesting that when the offense wasn't, it hasn't been doing so well this year and things aren't going well, we all just blame Chan Haley. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's crazy because when Rex was here and the offense wasn't doing well, we blame Rex. We went straight to the top. We said, hey, you are the head coach here. Yeah, your offensive coordinator sucks, but you're the head coach and you need to make better decisions on the offensive side of the ball. You're neglecting the offense. It's the same thing with Todd Bowles. You, you are the head of this team. You stand at the top. If you go on those offensive personnel meetings or you go on those offensive meetings, period, and you say, listen, Chan, you're getting too cute in the red zone, Forte, you're running him a little bit too much. I want to see Bilal Powell get more carries, and C.J. Spiller shouldn't even be on the field unless I say he's going to be on the field. I want to see things change offensively. You know, another guy that we could talk about as well is ASJ, finally being used more and more and more, being sprinkled in. Why hasn't Austin Safarian Jenkins been, been sprinkled in throughout this entire year since we got him? He should have been getting more, more catches and, and, and more targets since, we, since he's gotten here. Why is it that Chan and Todd cannot put a package together to get this guy into the game and run a couple routes? Marty Morningweg did that with, with, with Jace Amaru, and Jace had a, a great year for a rookie tight end. Why couldn't we do that with, with, with ASJ? These things don't make sense. And if he can't control these things, he needs to go, period. The same bonehead decisions that he was making last year, we talked about blowing timeouts, about late defensive packages. I was there live, okay? I was there live. I was in the fourth row in the Levi Stadium getting heckled and hackled by Niners fans all day long. I watched those defensive packages continue to come in late, guys still not knowing where they're supposed to be, guys not lining up where they're supposed to be. I watched Todd Bowles call a timeout because there were too many men on the field defensively in the first quarter. This is the same thing we've been talking about since last year. He's still doing it. 
he's still doing it. He's still mismanaging the clock. He's still mismanaging the roster. He's still mismanaging the game. Why is he here? What is he here for? Get rid of him. No, it's the same thing. Like, and we, we say this all the time. Winning is the best deodorant. It was a great deodorant last year because all these players did whatever they did, and when they went 10-6, yep. everything was fine. This year, all the warts have been exposed. And the warts, the thing is, listen, it was fun to watch this Jet team play, but the young players bailed out Todd Bowles from getting fired. Because yep. when the game was 14 nothing and the zombies were in full effect, and there were zombies, that starting roster was a lifeless. I'm like, this is Todd Bowles' last game. Like, the Jets are going to get blown out, and when he comes back, he will be fired, and rightfully so. And then the youth, the youth of Darren Lee, Leonard Williams, Deion Simon, Rontez Miles, Robbie Anderson, all these guys saved his job. They were almost embarrassed. They were getting embarrassed. Sheldon walking around moping. Mo Wilkerson, waste of time. I mean, it was, they were awful. Revis, being Revis, which is bad, they saved his job, Joe. And the thing is, I don't want everybody to say, well, the Jets, like, this win to be a deodorant, but you know what, Todd Bowles' job is safe. It's not safe because what's being exposed is that there is young talent on this team that wasn't playing, and there's no excuses for it, no excuses at all. And, and like yeah. you said, the game management problems are still there. So, you know, we'll go into more about the game. And, you know, there's some players, and Gilchrist was driving me crazy, and I hate to see a guy get injured, and I'm a Doug Middleton fan. I admit I'm a Doug Middleton fan, but Gilchrist was flat-footed. He wasn't doing a damn yeah. thing. He should have been benched. Was he? No. Yeah. The same thing every week. But we're going to go into your boy. Mm. Your boy, Bryce Petty. Now, I'm going to say this. It wasn't a good game for him. It was mm. inspiring. He gave a ray of hope. It was encouraging. It was great to see him get fire and, and have some just, just pull out a win. The dude holds on to the ball too long. He takes terrible sacks. And he, yeah. he, you, know what, you know what Bryce Petty has done? He's learned from Fitzpatrick. He stares at receivers, the first read, and he holds on to the ball too long. He, he's learned that from Fitzpatrick. So if we want to give Fitzpatrick yeah. credit for one thing, he accomplished that this season. He takes the Bryce Petty. But I don't come out of this game saying he's our franchise quarterback. I don't come out saying anything other than he did okay. That, that was it. A yeah. meaningless game, the same kind of meaningless game that Geno Smith played in, we always discounted. Same kind of meaningless game, Bryce Petty did okay. But, Joe, mm-hmm. if we, we can't really build a lot off of that other than he inspired some players, and he pulled out a win. Yeah. Yeah, I know everyone is waiting for me to talk about my guy. Uh, I've been on the petty train. I wanted him to get drafted here. Listen, I, I criticize my guys when they play bad, and, you know, I praise them when they play good. On a scale of 1 to 10, I give him a 5. Uh, I think the first half he was erratic. He was pumping constantly. He wouldn't let the ball go like the oh, head. He needs, he needs to learn how to trust <laughs> He needs to learn how to trust his eyes. Okay, he needs to learn how to trust his eyes. I was – the interception that he threw, <laughs> I was sitting right there. It was coming towards me. And he locked on to that wide receiver, and it was so easy for the DB to read his eyes because I read it. <laughs> and when he threw that, I said, please, no, not there, Bryce. And he threw that, inter- and I let him have it. I let him have it because I know he's better than that. His footwork was atrocious in that first half as well. There was a lot of errant throws. Um he just didn't – he just seemed uncomfortable. He also made, he also made a really dangerous Yanua that almost got picked off during that game as well. But Anua made a great catch. Uh, he missed a wide-open receiver on his second pass. You know, people keep saying that he's a willing runner. He, he's not a willing runner. <laughs> he wasn't reading his defense correctly. And, 
you know, that made him extremely uncomfortable in the pocket. And that's why he was so willing to pull it down and take off because he wasn't going through his reads correctly. You know, that also wasn't helped by the play of our offensive line. Our tackles are trash, okay? And that is something that we're going to need to address in the offseason, but they played terribly this game. The only guy – well, there was a couple guys, you know, Carpenati played decent on the offensive line, and Wesley Johnson filled in very well. So we'll talk about that later in the game. But outside of that, our tackles were complete trash. Petty was sacked six times. But the thing is, is in the second half, he shook it off. And that's what impressed me. You know, he left some of those struggles in the first half. You know, he didn't let those things destroy him. Some veteran quarterbacks would do that, though. They would say, hey, I'm having a bad half. I'm done for the game. I'm shutting it down mentally. But he fought back. He rallied. He got us back into the game. He made critical throws to Robbie, Robbie Anderson and Powell, especially moving outside the pocket. Uh, he was successful throwing on the move. The, the two-point drive was the turning point to me. The two-point conversion play, excuse me, was the turning point. He showed so much guts and resilience in the face of adversity, you know, and he showed the team he's willing to lay it all on the line for a win. If I have to run through four guys to get into that end zone and spin around, I'm going to do it. You know, and, and nothing's on the line here. We're out the playoffs. We're done. I don't give a damn. I'm going to put everything on the line. I'm a competitor, and I want to win. And when he hit that two-point conversion and ran through those guys, it energized every single Jets fan in that stadium, and it energized the sideline. You could see it. You could see guys get fired up. He stood up. Guys smacked him on his helmet. He was yelling. Guys were ready to go, and that propelled them into OT, that win, let me tell you. But Petty's got some things that he needs to clean up. You know, there's definitely some things that he needs to clean up. But I think he showed a lot of good things in the second half. I'm not super impressed, but he's got to build on those things, especially starting good. He cannot start like crap like he did this game. He can't do that. You can't put us in a hole early. But I think if he gets more reps, like, you know, just like the sergeant said as well, he gets more reps, you'll start to see him get better and better and better. And then we'll see what the ceiling is for him. Yeah, and, you know, it's funny because I agree with you. The pump, the pumps were driving me crazy. Oh it's God. like, dude, trust your eyes. Just trust your <laughs> eyes and throw the friggin' ball. And it's like, okay, he pumps. And then he's taking sacks, and he was staring at receivers. And to me, yeah. it's like, how is he not throwing the ball to a Nunwa every time? How is he not throwing to Brandon Marshall every time? Every ball is going to Robbie Anderson, who had a great game. But he had, he's got to work on progression still. He really has to. Yeah, yeah. You, you can see that he's – and I'm watching him. And like I said, I was there live. You can see that he's, he's worked with Robbie so much that there's a trust factor built up because there was throws that he would just launch the ball downfield to Robbie and just go get it because he's worked with Robbie so much. He needs to build that trust factor with those other receivers, and, and that's going to come as he gets more reps. But he, like you said, staring down guys and they're breaking open, he's still not letting it go. You can't be afraid. You can't be afraid out there to, to make a mistake or you can't, you know, be late to throw that football. It's got to be on time. And he'll get that. And that's something that Chan said as well uh, earlier in the season when I was telling people, listen, don't rush in the start. Chan even said, hey, he's got to get the timing of this offense down. That was one of the reasons why they didn't want him starting early. He's, he's got to learn. He's got to get the timing of the offense down. And he, ha- he was coming back from an injury. So he's still working on those things. And He'll get better. You know, like I said, I gave him a five for one to two. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But I want to see more out of him. Yeah, and you will, too, when he faces better defenses. The one thing we got to keep in mind is that this was a San Francisco 49ers, a team that's not very good. So, you know, it's something to build on. There's a lot of momentum. Um, just we touched on a lot of players, but, you know, I, I'm so tired of the sleepwalking on defense, and it's just it's so much fun to watch Darren Lee play and, and, and Leonard Williams and Deion Simon and Rontez Miles. And these guys yeah. care, dude, and they're playing so hard and they have so much emotion, and you see Darren Lee working his ass off, and then you see Mo Wilkerson walking off the field. It's like the yeah. culture change is so obvious, and the new breed is here. The new school players on our team, and I'm good at taking over, starting with Leonard Williams. He is our yeah. defensive line. Next to him and Deion Simon, if you can find a way to get rid of Mo, get rid of Mo. Sheldon, John, yeah. take care. I really don't care. This is about culture, all about culture. So the young guys are there. Freddie Bishop, like I said, I, I like him personally. He had energy, Joe. It's like, Joe, I don't care if you're a great player. Just give everything you have. 1,000% max energy. Give everything you have and see what happens. If you start half-assing it or you don't care to be there, I don't want to watch you play. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm right there with you. The young guys, like you said, they showed up. Leonard Williams, and I, you know, just being a guy that loves USC, I'm always going to bring this guy up because he's balling this year quietly. He's really putting on for this team, and a lot of people aren't talking about it because of how bad our record is. But he is playing very solidly out there. He had another sack this game. Jenkins is playing very well as well. Like you said, Lee, he had a he had a he had some issues in, in the first first half or first quarter where he kind of gave up some plays. I mean, Carlos Hyde was running all over us. <laughs> there was a lot of issues there. Some guys weren't setting the edge. But the young guys did what they needed to do. And we talked about Deion Simon as well in the offseason. And we talked about this guy yep. coming in. He was supposed to be the replacement for Snacks. Snacks was gone. Deion Simon's a guy. You know, he's pretty much the same guy. And I believe that he's been mismanaged as well. He's another guy yep. along with Petty and Bilal Powell and a lot of these other guys where you're saying, hey, this guy is supposed to be solid. We've, seen a lot, we've heard a lot about him, but we're not seeing him on the field. Why is he not being worked in? Why are we seeing Muhammad Wilkerson out there? Why are we seeing other guys out there, Revis out there, that aren't playing as well, but these out there, you know, sweating and bleeding and giving their all to be on the field, you're not putting them out there in clutch moments so that they can make those plays and get those reps and learn. I, I just that, – that's just absolutely ridiculous, but it's good to see these guys shine in the moments that they got. Yeah, and for, for once in the last couple of weeks, it was fun to be excited about some play on the field. It was just like, wow, they're, mm-hmm. they're fighting back. And then, like I said, to end the game before overtime, I was like, oh, Todd Bowles came back. Zombie's back. <laughs> Call time out and run the ball. Why not go for the win? Like, he just, he just had to leave his mark on the game, and the Jets wouldn't fight him sometimes. They actually wouldn't fight him. It was just comical. Yeah. We did, um, we did the same thing the first year, though. We did, we did the same yep. thing last year. There were games that we won in spite of him. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to defend. And like you said, you can, you can point things on Chan Gailey, but, you know, sometimes it's the quarterback. Sometimes it's the, you know, it's the head coach's responsibility to hold everybody else accountable. And that's something that Todd yep. just struggles with. And I will, I will say it until I'm blue in the face. 
Todd Bowles is scared to bench veterans. He's scared to. He's, right now he's doing it because he's forced to because of injuries. He, he just yeah. said he does – it's just too much trust, too much respect, and it's not working out. So thank God the young players came through and just won this game. I'm sure the, the win pissed everybody off because now the Jets had the sixth pick in the draft and everything else, and I don't even care about that at this point. Um, Joe, before we go to callers, I just want to announce one thing. And Dude, over the last couple of weeks, we uh, surpassed 200,000 listens on this show. And to me, that number is just insane because we're just a couple of football fans along with prime time that like to talk football and just, you know, we have, we get great guests from Quinty and Nunwa to all these other guys, you know, Aaron Henderson, Lorenzo Malden, all these great, you know, Fireman Ed. Then we get Connor Rogers, all these analysts. So, Great callers. I mean, it's just crazy to think that we got over 200,000 listens. So, Joe, I'm just very, very thankful. Yeah, I absolutely am as well. Uh, it always blows my mind uh, when I meet people. Uh, I met people at the at the game in, in San Francisco. Shout out to Rumi. She was out there as well as the rest of the you know, people that give us a listen. I'm always, you know, mind-blown when people come up to me or recognize me or, you know, recognize my voice and they want to talk to me about the show or – talk to me about the Jets because I'm really just a regular dude, absolutely regular. So I want to thank everyone for listening, everyone that's ever listened. If you called in, thank you. Like I say at the end of the show, and I really, really mean those things. You guys mean the absolute world to us because, you know, without you guys, we just be – it just be me and Tyson talking like we do every day. You know what I mean? Just talking football, and, and there'd be nobody listening. So you guys, you guys are the absolute, you know, the absolute best. So thank you guys. Yeah, well said. And you know, just as everybody knows, you know, if anybody wants to advertise with us or sponsor us, just contact us. We're more than happy to talk about it. But this is just, we just have a lot of fun, man. I never thought we'd get yeah. to this point. These kind of listens, and almost every week we're breaking our show records in terms of listening. So. Thank you for that. And thank you to Primetime, too, who always gives us great audio. All right, yep. we're going to start out going to the calls. And one of the calls we're going to talk about, one of our topics tonight is going to be, should the Jets draft the quarterback in the first round? Because one of the co-hosts who's wrong says no, and the co-host that's always right says yes. So that'll mm-hmm. be the topic for this evening. We're going to go to Sean from Maryland. Sean, this is Joe and Tyson. How are you, man? What's going on, guys? How you guys doing? Well, we're doing pretty good, man. The Jets won a game finally, so that's something positive at least, right? <laughs> if you want to call it that. Uh, I mean, I watched the game, and, I mean, to me, it wasn't if they win, eh, if they lose, eh, and that's how I felt. Uh, I tell you, this is a really bad season. Um, number one, I'm with Joe. Todd Bowles got to go. he, he got to sure. go. I mean, hey. Uh, the guy, his game management skills is poor. Um, I don't know. Unless he's going to turn around next year, he got to go. I don't see any improvement. He made the same mistakes like he did last year. He he doesn't seem like he has uh, able to connect with the, the players or he's afraid of them. It seems like the players are running the show and not, and not the uh, management. And that's why you got people talking bad about the organization on press conferences and you got uh you got people being late at meetings it's just no discipline and this this is not good it's a reflection off of Todd Bowles I mean the whole team is just going is just it's getting worse before it's getting better no and we we agree and like we joke around a lot we call them the zombie like the head zombie because they walk around like zombies and you even saw it this past Sunday I mean they won the game but that first half was gross 
I mean, if you – only the diehard kept watching that because you had to start drinking beer and throwing chips around because you're getting bored watching them get their ass kicked. <laughs> who, would you replace, who would you replace them with? Well, I mean, um, I don't know right now. I mean, this – this I, I don't want – and i tell you this. I don't want a rookie coach. I want an established coach that been in the NFL that has experience. Um, who that is, I don't have an idea at this time. Depends on who comes available, um, but no rookie coach anymore because I think that's what you're experiencing right now with Todd Bowles. He's a rookie coach. What you're seeing is some of the growing pains as a rookie coach does. Um, he's a defensive coach, so he doesn't really get into the offensive side of things. You need somebody that's balanced, somebody that understands both sides of the ball. Uh, Rex and Bowles are the same coach. They they just basically is a uh, defensive coordinator with a head coaching uh, title. And you need somebody that's able to address offensive issues as well as defensive issues and be able to run the team and be a leader as well, you know, not afraid of making decisions, not afraid of sitting your veterans down and, you know, giving them the boot and kicking them in the butt when, they, you know, when they're not playing. Um, but it, it will be good to see something like that. But, unfortunately, you're not going to see it this year. Uh, I, you you may see Todd Bowles for another year before looking at a culture change. And, and, and I want to thank you for calling in. And, and that, that's what sucks is that I, I question his, and we talked about this time and time again, questioning his developmental process with these young players. And if we're talking about going into next season with him and he's not working to develop these young guys now because, as Tyson said and I've said as well, some of the reasons, some of the only reasons why he's starting these young guys is because there's been so many injuries, even though some of those guys that are injured haven't been playing well at all. You know, we've seen Revis be trotted out there time and time again. He's not playing well at all. We've seen other guys be trotted out. Fitz was trotted out there until he got injured, and then he came back. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You know, he was still had a bum knee, and he still trotted him out there. So I don't know if I trust him going forward, which is another knock on him, with these young players and getting them developed. I just I, – I don't want to see him here next year, but like you said, I, it could be a possibility that he is brought back here. Uh, what are your thoughts about Bilal Powell? Because this is another guy that I feel has been mismanaged, you know, under him as well. How do you feel about them finally giving this guy the rock and allowing him to run? <laughs> He's been mismanaged the whole year. I mean, we all know what he's all about. I mean, seriously, Powell was a beast last year, and I don't know why they had Spiller giving, um, getting touches last last game. And I mean, it was just ridiculous. And I I I blame that on the offensive coordinator. 
Uh, I don't know why some of the players are in there and some of them are not. But Al Powell has been a beast. I mean, when he was re-signed by the Jets, I was like, yes. Because yeah. he has a lot of heart. He may not be the most gifted runner, um, but he has the skill set to be a efficient runner, and he has a lot of heart, and he's a leader. He shows he shows up to the game every time. So, I mean, I don't know why they didn't put him in there. I think that's something that they need to address is how they manage the, the roster. I mean, that's not only it. Um, they had four quarterbacks for the whole year, and then when they had an opportunity of starting, um, Bryce Petty said, well, he's not ready. I said, well, how come you're going to put him in on reserve at least for, you know, few to the, uh, halfway in a year uh, season and then bring him in if he's ready? But we wasted a, a roster spot because we want to carry four quarterbacks, and it's just ridiculous. It's just frustrating. I mean, I don't understand him. But um, about the drafting a quarterback, um, I'm not going to throw Petty away and Hackenberg. I mean, we already hit, you know, we already spent a second-round pick on a quarterback. I don't think that – I think it's too soon to draft another quarterback in the first round. However, if there's a quarterback that is, like, I mean, right on, like, a, I mean, it's no luck in the draft this year or coming up. If it's a, uh, a really good hit on a quarterback that you know that he's going to be a number one, I might roll the dice, but I don't think that would be a good idea. I think right now you got two Wait, young. Sean, Sean, hold on, hold, hold on. This is this topic is going to drive me insane, and your your friend Joe over there is going to agree with you, and I'm never going to agree with you. You mean to tell me with the fifth pick, the fifth pick in this draft, if Mike McCagney thinks that Deshaun Kaiser or Deshaun Watson or one of these guys is going to be a very good quarterback? You're going to say, no, I'm not going to draft him because I have Bryce Petty and Christian Hackenberg? No, I'm, I'm saying this is that, I mean, we got so many other needs. I mean, offensive line is – Yeah, quarterback. That's what we need. a quarterback. Yeah, we do. Got a, we got two quarterbacks we put uh, – we drafted two the last two years. I mean, exactly. to draft another one is just like putting the other two away. And you don't need three young quarterbacks. You need maybe sign a veteran – that could be able to be uh, stopping a gap quarterback, not fixed, but somebody else that's a little bit better or a whole lot better. Um, but I don't think you need to draft another um, another quarterback. Let these guys show what they got. You know, we haven't seen Heckenberg yet. We haven't seen Petty. Petty's still growing. He he made a big step from last year to this year. Give him some time. We are like New Yorkers. We're so quick to try to get instant cation and. Instant star quarterback. Some some of us are lucky. Some of us are not. But but these guys, you know, they're gonna make improvement. I seen Price on um, Price this past game. Uh, he looks like he's he's making so he he's working. He's doing his thing. I mean, he made a lot of mistakes, but um, he's gonna improve. Play the 49ers. Yeah, I, I think I think the word. And I want to thank you for calling it and thank you for defending. You know, because a lot of people just let Tyson just bully them, just push them around. <laughs> Where'd these guys come from? I guess they followed me back from Niner Stadium. Listen, uh, a lot of people, you know, just let him push them around. And you defended your point perfectly. And I think the, the, the main point that you had that I've been saying time and time again is you need to develop these young guys first. Everybody Absolutely. Saying, well, we got these guys, we got this guy. Well, you haven't given this dude any reps. <laughs> Petty has barely seen any time on the field when he should have been. We constantly have said that throughout the year. Well, why isn't Petty starting at this point? Because we knew we were out of contention weeks ago. We knew that Fitz was trash. 
So let's go somewhere else. Let's develop these young guys. You can keep drafting guys year after year after year, but if you're not doing anything to develop these young guys, you're wasting your time. You're absolutely wasting your time. And everything that Tyson said about, well, if you think that that's your guy, that's exactly what Mac thought about Christian Hackenberg when he drafted him in the second round. Don't throw him away next year. You knew he was a developmental guy. Why is you he took him away, though? It's called earn you, your because, job. No, if somebody no, gets drafted better, they beat him out. No, this is the thing is how is he going to beat him out if you're not developing him? They're not working on his mechanics. He's not getting any reps in practice. So when is that going to come? When are you going to work to develop this young guy? Because from all the reports, you're not doing anything. And everybody is saying that. Even guys that are at the practice saying you're not doing nothing with him. So when are you going to develop him? Are you going to take another guy in the first round next year and not develop him either? You're wasting your time, especially with all the other needs that we have on this team, because you can draft a young rookie quarterback. You put him in front of this team with no left tackle and no right tackle, and Brian Winters could be gone next year as well with no right guard. He'll be destroyed. He'll be absolutely destroyed. It's time to start looking at that. Go ahead, caller. I'm I'm sorry. I do apologize for that. Um, If I had the top a five pick or whatever, um, I would try to get the best player available at that time. I mean, you want to get the best player. Uh, hopefully that's not a defensive lineman, but um, you would try to get the best player. If it's a quarterback, you may take a shot if he's like the top five, but right now I don't see anybody, and the quarterbacks are far reach. Um, it's no, give, it's no uh, you know, guarantee that these guys are going to be successful. But I would take, you know, something else. I mean, we got a lot of needs, uh, uh, pass rusher. uh, Some of that offensive line needs some help. Um, Skill positions are getting old. That, you know, you want to take a look at those guys before you get another quarterback because you already invested a second and a fourth the years before. So, I mean, you know, hopefully they get somebody good. But it's not really the top of the uh, order, of the draft order. You want to – make good on those bottom drafts as well because that's how you get your your depth. And right now, McCadden got his hand, you know, he got his work cut off on because he have to really hit on this draft, man, because right now, you know, signing up these veterans and that's over the, over the edge, you know, it's not working, you know. That's why you got these guys one or two years and then they start breaking down, you know. Mm-mm. You need to start young, rebuild, build for the draft. And if you're going to sign free agents – you know, bring some younger guys. None of these 32, 33-year-old, you know, is, you know, is past their prime. Sean, good stuff, man. Thank you for calling in. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Joe, and I agree with you. I think in the draft, I think at this point, the first round is going to be either a pass rusher, because this there's, there's yeah. some really talented pass rushers, or quarterback. Yeah. And I, I yeah. just don't understand. The most well, important we're... position on our team right now is quarterback. And right now, yeah. we don't know. Bryce Petty didn't show me enough to say, wow, holy cow, this guy, he deserves a chance next year. He played average against a terrible team. Kudos to you, Bryce Petty. I have no, I have no idea what you are. Christian Hackenberg, we know what he is. He's not ready. So if we have an unknown and a not ready going to year three of Mike McCadden's experience, which is ridiculous, then I draft another one. I keep drafting one until I find one. And you know what? The more yeah, competition, well. the better. The more competition, the better. Because well, I, I guarantee you, uh, Hackenberg, Hackenberg will not be the starter next year. Because, dude, he, like you said, he's not getting reps now. He's not getting anything. So if he's not ready now and they got to fix mechanics, that's the entire offseason next year. 
So I'm not going to see with Bryce Petty. And then it's like, well, bring in a veteran. Enough with the Band-Aids. What is the veteran for? To win four games for us? I'd rather win four games with Deshaun Kaiser or Deshaun Watson and have some try to find a young guy. Enough with the Band-Aids. Enough with the hope, like crossing your fingers and hoping that Brian Hoyer will come to us or Mike Glennon, all the nonsense. So if you get a quarterback in the first round, you take him. I, I don't understand why this is so crazy. I, this is, uh, is mind-blowing. Uh, we need a quarterback. With, yeah, we need a quarterback, but you also need to develop them. I don't think you're listening. You just said yourself, well, I don't know what Petty is. He's a question mark. Well, the guy's only had two and a half games. Why don't you let him finish out the season? Why didn't you play him earlier? Why aren't you doing that? You're talking about taking a quarterback every year? Hey, guess what, guy? Hey, guess what, guy? They've already done that. They've done that. They've taken a quarterback every year since they've been here. Since the new regime has been here, they've taken a quarterback every year in the draft, regardless. So, clearly, you need to do more to develop these young guys. That's my point, is you can keep drafting guys. They're not doing anything. Uh, Who knows? how, How could you say they're bad? They haven't even been put in. Bryce has had two games, and he was sitting behind the worst quarterback in all of football. Mismanaging the quarterback position. Todd Bowles has done nothing but that since he's been here. Come on, I mean, get with it. Look, with all the needs that we have on this team and the question marks at quarterback, guess what? Those question marks will be found out if you start this kid and figure out who he is. That's why we're throwing okay, away Joe, Geno Smith so this it, year. Hold on, that, hold on. That's why we're throwing away Geno Smith this year because we didn't start him and figure out what he was. You can go pass rusher. You can go. You can go quarterback. I can see that. But at the same time, my thought process is with all the needs on this team, why wouldn't we trade down? Why wouldn't that be an option as well? Let's start stockpiling picks, collecting picks for the future. Yeah, it's definitely an option. Stockpiling picks, picks for the future, picks in this draft as well, and fill some of these holes because there's questions all throughout the secondary. I I don't think anyone in in the secondary job is necessarily safe. We talked about a pass rusher we need. We also need an inside linebacker. We talked about the offensive line. That might get overhauled outside of James Carpenter. Who knows who else is going to be here? Mango might not be here next year. Winners might be gone. The, the tackles are trash. We might need to also need a running back behind that as well. I mean, there's a lot of needs here, a lot of needs on this team. Now, I agree with you. Listen, I'm not opposed to trading down. I'm just saying is if you see a quarterback that you think is a top-level quarterback, and he's there at they five or six or seven, wherever the hell we are, you take him. And I don't, I don't see but, – but, but the thing is, they haven't done that. They screwed they Geno, Smith. Geno Smith. Geno Smith is the best quarterback on this roster. And the mismanagement from the front office to the head coach screwed him. So the question is, is, is it the, owner, the management in place, the wrong guys? Because they screwed Geno Smith. He was the best quarterback. He didn't even play. It was too late. They're, they're not managing Hackenberg right because he's not even practicing. Well, now he is. They're completely blowing it. So if there's any case being made, is listen, when we did have a quarterback that had potential, we didn't play him. We have two that we don't know what they are, and we're going into year three. So maybe the bigger problem is McCagnan and not the, the players. I mean, it's not, it's not our fault. If, if you take Hackenberg in the second round and he shouldn't be taken there, why are we punishing ourselves? You, you admit your mistake and you take another quarterback. Because, Joe, we both know he's not a second-round talent. And, I'll, you know, like I said, you, I think you have a point there, and that's something I've been saying as well, is is it the guys that are managing these quarterbacks? Is it the coaching? You could say that as well. We've talked about how Bulls hired a wide receivers coach to come in and coach these quarterbacks here. And we were wondering, hey, is this guy actually going to work out here? You know, what, what is, his, what, what, what is his, his background here in coaching quarterbacks? Can he coach these guys up? 
that may be that. But it, it also falls on Todd Bowles as well because if you see that the guy isn't getting reps and he isn't out there working on his mechanics and he's not doing something and you're the head coach of this team, you're automatically responsible for the future of the team as well, for your tenure here as too. So if you're not worried about your future and you're not getting these guys ready, well, then that's on you too. Um, but taking a quarterback every single year, especially with the, the needs that we have here and the fact that you're not – you're not even coaching these guys up to figure out what they are because you coach them based on some type of potential. You thought that they had something in them that could either make them a starting quarterback or make them a franchise quarterback or a decent quarterback that could hold the fort and, you know, be a game manager and Alex Smith for you. Well, why aren't you doing more to see what they are? I'm just tired of drafting guys year after year, and we're not even giving the guys time here to see what they are. We're throwing question marks out the door. Yeah, the, the mismanagement of Geno Smith is, is atrocious. But let's not do that next year. Let's not draft another young guy, bring him in here, and oh, it's a quarterback competition when we haven't even developed these two guys to see what their competition even is. Let's develop the guys we have here, fill in roles behind them, fill in these holes. You know what I'm saying? We did that with Fitz. We, we gave him, you know, a decent offensive line. We did all these things and figure out what this kid is. Listen. I, I understand. Listen, I'm not opposed to filling holes. You need to maximize the value of the resources that you have, which means trade Sheldon. I trade Brandon Marshall. I clean house. I get as many drafts as possible, and I draft. And the thing is, too, is and the, now Mike McCagney doesn't get enough blame, Joe. And this is this is the problem I have. Year yeah. three of this regime, we're going to year three. The starting quarterback is to be determined. That's a problem. <laughs> you have two projects, and you've got to pray that they're good. So Mike McCagney on that level has failed. Yeah. If you look at depth, depth is lacking. He's failed there too. So yeah. and when he drafts, how many trade ups? How many trade times did he trade up in the draft? In the fifth exactly. round, trade away two picks. Does it, he made all and everybody's like, oh, not a big deal. Yes, it is a big deal because that fourth round pick, we need that pick. We need these third round picks. Our team is lacking talent, and you keep trading away picks for whatever. The Ryan Clinton yeah. thing didn't didn't work out. Enough with the band aids. Enough with the yeah. stopgap maneuvering. And so yeah. while well, listening. I agree with the way Bowles is, is developing quarterbacks. The problem is twofold. You're drafting projects that aren't ready, and your coaching staff isn't making them ready. So it's a twofold, it's a two problem, it's like a two pronged problem. So, yeah. but we're going to go to, Joe, this is going to resolve this yeah. problem for us right now, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Oh, yeah, and, and not just that. It's it, one, one thing, one point you didn't bring up that McCagney has done, which is I, I think his worst move ever since he's been here was bringing back Ryan Fitzpatrick. That threw yep. in a huge monkey wrench in the development of these quarterbacks because that literally made Geno Smith just a zero here. He was never going to be a starter with the money that you paid him. So that literally meant a lost season for him. And, and that, that is gigantic on the, on, the, on the grand scheme of things. It's like you literally – we had him, you know, he was coaching himself up. He was doing all these things. He was getting in with the offense. Guys in the locker room were finally behind him. And then you just threw that all away and brought this guy back. Now he's ruining your season, and you're going to have to pay him next year, which ties up our cap too. And Gino probably is going to walk this year, and now we have to stick with these two developmental projects that you have here that you, you drafted knowing that, hey, we don't have time for a developmental project unless they're ready, ready, ready next year. So that, that is on mic. So we're going to bring out our next caller, and our next caller has got a fan base now. 
This guy comes on. He drops fire. Everybody's like, does he have a Twitter account? Where's he at? We want to contact him. It's our good friend, Greg. Greg, it's Joe and Tyson. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Greg, you have you know, a mandate, You were talking Every about McCagnan. Get your vomit bag out. Uh, I, I've, I've, got a, I've got a couple facts for how great a job McCagnan's done. Do you know this? There's nine teams that are going, you know, Every time the Jets, a couple of years ago, the Jets had $65 million worth of space after as it got fired. And, and what was curious that year, like Oakland had a ton of space, Jacksonville had a ton of space. And so uh, this year, there's nine teams that have $50 million worth of space. The Patriots have $60 million worth of cap space. They're going to win the Super Bowl probably. They have $60 million worth of cap space going into next year. Uh, the Titans have 62, Tampa Bay has 65, San Francisco has 83, and the Browns have 101. Now, we have minus 8 million. <laughs> now, the Patriots have an extra second-round pick because of the uh, uh, Chandler Jones trade. They have another second-round pick because of the um, – no, I'm sorry, but not the Chandler Jones. The, the, the Jamie Collins trade, they're going to trade uh, Garoppolo and get at least a second-round pick for him. Um, they are always got – and they've got these compensatory picks. We've got six picks. The Patriots are winning the Super Bowl. They've got $60 million worth of space, and they've got 10 picks. And, and the Cleveland Browns have a ton of picks. Um, you know, and, and all we've got is 30-year-old guys – We've, and, and the most key positions, the quarterback was 34, the, the uh, you know, number one cornerback was 31, the, 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 the tackles are old, the most important, the middle linebacker is old, uh, the running back is old, the number one wide receiver is old, and we're minus eight on the uh, salary cap. What the hell? I mean, uh, you know, I want to ask Ron Wolf and um, – and Charlie Castley, if they went on a nationwide uh, search to deliberately find two guys that could blow up this team, or it was just an accident. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but see, Greg, in fairness, though, you can if you cut Revis and Brino and Mangold and Harris, you cut all these guys, you could wipe out $40 million in cap space in a heartbeat. The only problem you is you can, got to replace but, all but you're going to have $25 million worth of dead space. Um, you, you know. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Oh, you, you can. And, but, and, but, but you know what, Tyson? I agree with you. They got to do it. And they got to do it uh, not for 2017's sake, but for 2018. Get all of the dead 
um, late yep. off, uh, off of this year's salary. Another thing I would do is I would trade uh, Sheldon Richardson, but I would try to get a 2018 pick when there's, uh, when there's a lot more quarterbacks available. Um, another thing I would do is I might consider trading down in the first round um, well, we're going to pick. I don't. I think there's only one quarterback. The consensus is only one quarterback, really, in that level. Trubisky, and he's he's going to be gone. And there's no yeah. offensive linemen uh, that are going to be worth uh, picking at that level. But there's a ton of edge guys and, and cornerbacks. So what I would th- consider doing is, uh, if we can, trade down ten spaces, but try to get picks into 2018. In other words, start thinking like the Patriots. Start. Uh, and and the other you know other smart teams start getting picks stockpiling picks he he should stop he should only sign guys off the street this year and I think he should unless Trubisky drops I think he should go with with Hackenberg and Petty for two reasons reason number one is you know get get to see what they have what they, what they are and reason number two is if we have a bad year next year fine we have a bad year next year but then we'll have the 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 the, the resources. To, to start building the team and hopefully build on some of these young players, but um, but I'm telling you, he, he's he's I mean just sickening when you uh, you know I'm looking the Patriots have 60 million dollars and they got all these draft picks and, and and they've got a backup quarterback who's probably the best quarter better than any of our quarterbacks and <coughs> you know it's just it just wants you to I don't know take a time capsule and. Go five years ahead from now and hope things got better. I mean, he has just completely botched the management of this roster. Yep. Now, Greg, how do you how do you handle the quarterbacks? Do you keep Chan Gailey just for the sake of continuity to help him teach, like help him keep him in the building to keep teaching them, or do you want a change with the coaching staff? You know. Um, it's been my position. Bowles should go. I, I don't like Bowles, and I think with a new coach, you're going to uh, get a new coaching staff. Now, having said that, I think that the offensive line coach has done a terrific job this year. You know, they're missing three starters. One of the reserves got hurt. Quali got hurt, and uh, the shell yeah. went in. And I think a lot of these sacks were due to Petty holding on to the ball too long. I think he's done a good job. I think that the um, the days of Sanjay uh, Taj or whatever his name is, Tal, are gone at the receiver coach. We got a good receiver coach. These young guys are developing. Um, so there's some some uh, guys in the staff I actually like, but I, I think Bowles has got to go. And uh, if he does, I think Gailey's going to go with him. You know, I, I never thought I would be able to say this, but last year I was saying that. The Jets' 10 win was inflated because they played an easy schedule. If the Jets end up with four wins this year, it's going to be inflated because they played a team that's 1-15 and and another team that's going to go 0-16. When the hell do you have a schedule like that? And those two games, if you recall, we were getting our rear ends kicked after the first half. I mean, the thought of Todd Bowles coming back next year is just frightening to me because why would you draft a quarterback in the first round if he's going to be the coach? Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And I want to thank you for calling in. That's exactly – I'm right there with you. And they even go back about your thoughts about McCagney. You said Trey Sheldon Richardson. And, and you talked about a lot of docs that are on him, just some of his drafts and some of the picks that he's made. I, I also question his ability with trades because we talked about this last year when we had Muhammad Wilkerson. He was on the he was on the cap for $15 million and he was he – was, you know, we had him on the tag. And we said, listen, you have got to get this guy out of here. And it seemed as if 
the grade that he had on Muhammad Wilkerson was far too high, and these guys were not willing to pay the price. And it was like, listen, get this guy out of here. Now you fast forward this year where you got Sheldon Richardson with all the issues that he has, um, and you know you're not going to be able to keep this guy because he's not going to sign for the type of money that you're going to be willing to offer him. And he still supposedly has a first-round grade on Sheldon Richardson. It's like, listen, <laughs> get this guy out of here for whatever you can. He should have been gone before the trade deadline. Now you've got to drag that into this offseason as well and see if you can trade him in the offseason. I mean, what are your thoughts about some of those moves that he's made? I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. He's, he's botched the uh... – He's botched the uh, Wilkinson value. I, I, I yeah. was against him re- re-signing him the whole offseason. He apparently has botched. He, he, he was asking for a number one for Sheldon Richardson, who's one oh. strike away from being suspended, and he's, yep. he's, he's putting no effort in there. Uh, he's skipping meetings. Is he kidding me? And, again, if he can get, let's say somebody says, the most we're going to give you is a number three, say to him, well, give us a number two uh, for 2018. I wouldn't mind – Start stockpiling a little for the future, but but he's got to go. Uh, yeah. The problem well, is I I just don't see how they get rid of Mo Mo Wilkinson Tyson. You're right. Um, we can we can de- develop forty million dollars worth of cap space by cutting these guys. But if you trade Mo Wilkinson, you're going to lose half of that precious camp space just getting rid of yeah. him. And yeah. I just I would just rather trade. Uh, trade uh, Richardson and then cut some of these other guys and then after next year when it's a more manageable hit at that point, if Wilkinson doesn't fly right, get rid of him. But again, with a new coach, you might get a better attitude. See, if we if we retain balls, we're limiting ourselves. Uh, you can't bring back uh, Geno Smith because Geno Smith and balls are like oil and water. You can't draft a top quarterback because he can't develop a quarterback. You, you, you can't really keep Mo Wilkinson because Mo Wilkinson's walked over him for two, two straight years, and you've got to take the hit to clean up. So, so there's a lot of limitations in keeping Bowles, apart from the fact he's a terrible coach. Exactly. Well, you are bringing the fire. It's, it's not just Mo Wilkinson that's walked all over him. I mean, there's been you know, no bigger indication than when he was ripping these guys on the sidelines after blowing play after play against the Colts. The only guy that was paying attention was Leonard Williams. The rest of these guys were in la-la land. They didn't give a damn about what he had to say, and most of them were put right back in the game after that. And if you look at them in their face, you could clearly see that they weren't paying attention. I mean, that, that is absolutely ridiculous. I got a theory that right. he actually was having problems in 2015, and I'll tell you why. After the Indianapolis game, they asked him why um, Sheldon Richardson only played like nine slap snaps in the second half, and he said it was the game plan. I don't remember that, but he said it was the game plan. Yep. Well, in 2015, the last game of the season, Ivory didn't play the first quarter, and he came in yep. the first play of the second quarter, which is traditional Todd Bowles, I'll punish you for a quarter, and the first play in the second quarter, you're back. But after the game, uh, they asked him, how come Ivory only had four runs uh, and, and he didn't play the first quarter? And he said that was the game plan. Well, I'm sorry. It's physically impossible to be that mentally stupid to sit your yeah. fr- your, your starting uh, running back in, in a game that you need to get in. I think there was some disciplinary problems going on there. I think he had disciplinary problems when he suspended uh, for one quarter Wilkinson before. In other words, I think that he's had, had a very tenuous hold on this um, on this team for two years now, and one of the years they won ten games, and yeah. uh, it just 
I, I don't see it getting better. I don't see it getting better. I know a lot of people think, hey, we beat San Francisco, and you know that 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 buys them some time. But jeez, uh, other than the part I, w- I was not impressed with the win too much, I just I just don't think it does. I just think it doesn't cover up the fact that he's not not a good coach. Exactly. Uh, who would you like to see brought in? Because there's been a lot of names thrown around. We've said Coughlin. You know, North Turner's name been thrown around in there as well. Who who would you like to see if Todd Bowles is fired? You know, I don't have a specific name, but you look at, you look at the AFC West and you see Kubiak on a second shot. You see Jack Del Rio on a second shot. You see Andy Reid on a second shot. There's lots of these guys. And when Del Rio got got let go from Jacksonville, I thought he was a good coach. I, I you know I just thought there was a a bunch of circumstances there, but he always they always played tough. They always brought it. They always played a good defense. And, um, you know, and Kubiak was with an expansion team. So I think what you do is, is you take a look over the last three or four years, uh, who got let go. I, I'd rather not a guy that gets fired this year. I think you need a year or two to breathe and, and, and you know, think things over. Uh, and then go for a veteran guy, and, and uh, preferably a guy that, you know, can develop a quarterback, but go for a veteran guy. I think it's too big a crapshoot to go with a coordinator who's never head coached before. You know, uh, Todd Bowles, it's, he, he's like uh, Bryce Petty. I mean, he's, he's just – you don't know, and unfortunately – and I've got nothing against the guy personally other than the fact that all of the guys that we've been yelling for him to play all season long, he doesn't play until he's forced, and then we find out these guys are actually good. I thought Boris was great. I thought Palau Paul was great. Um yeah. You know, I just I, do you want another season of of just saying, hey, why aren't you playing this guy? We got to wait for this the guy ahead of him to get hurt. That's what it's come down to. So I'd just as soon look for a um, Tom Coughlin. I just think is too old. I, I don't want a guy. One of the things I didn't like about Parcells was when he came, he made it clear he was gone in two or three years. Well, well, Coughlin won't. I think he's seventy three, seventy four. I'd rather get a younger guy that that can establish some continuity. So I like Coughlin. Hey Greg, I got, I got a name for you. Who? Oh. What about what about Todd Haley? I like Todd Haley, I, and I think he's tough. Um, he's he's done well in offense. Um, he's he's done he's succeeded in a couple places as an offensive coordinator, um, and I think that would be a great pick. I th- I think he's the type of guy. Um, you know, he's he's a little of a veteran mate now. He's he's you know, he wouldn't fit my profile, but I think he would be I think he would be a good I don't want a guy that's you know, been a coordinator one time and been successful one place. Haley's been successful uh, multiple places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Greg, good stuff as always, man. Thank you so much for calling in. And like I said, you have a fan base, man. Every time you come on, our Twitter account goes nuts. Everybody wants to talk to you. Well, thank you. You're kind. I just want to say a couple, one thing before I leave, which is uh, due to my schedule, I'm not going to be able to probably call you until after the new year. So happy holidays. Have a great new year. You guys are the greatest show. Uh, when I can't call in, I, I, I always listen to it on iTunes the next day, and it, it gets me through the week. Uh, this, this, week this year has been like the valley of the shadow of death, and you guys have been uh, keeping me through it. So I want to thank you guys very much. Uh, you do a great mental service health for, uh, service for all of our Jets, us Jets fans, and have a great New Year and happy holidays. Happy holidays to you and your family, Greg. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Take care. Goodbye.
and like I said, Joe, he he is by far one of my favorite callers because once he comes on, the Twitter the Twitter account goes nuts. He has passionate takes, but he has informed takes where he always has statistics as well. Like he drops just numbers on you. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I love speaking to him. Now, everything you just said. He comes on. He's got good takes, and he can back it up with facts, man. I I love speaking to him, and happy holidays to him as well. Now, the, the, the one thing that is always interesting about Todd Bowles, and like I said, you want to believe in him. Like, I, I've been trying to find a way to they can come back next year. And then the 49er game started. They came out like zombies. And then the ending of the game before overtime just drove me insane. I'm like, wait a minute, why are we not throwing the ball deep? Like, his conservative nature, his lack of game instinct drives me crazy. So it's like, all right, if you keep him for one more year and you fire the coaching staff and say you bring in a new coordinator, new offensive coordinator, now your quarterback's learning from somebody else. If you yeah. fire Todd Bowles next year, that's going to be their third coordinator for Hackenberg. You know what I mean? It's like the trickle down of this whole thing is like if you keep Todd Bowles next year and you make him change his coordinator, it's going to set these quarterbacks back. If you keep the guy exactly. in place, it's like it, it's a fine line, Joe. Like you don't really know what to do with this. If the quarterbacks are yeah. so important, you, go, you want them learning one system and have a, a constant voice, right? It, well, yeah, exactly, and this is why I'm saying he needs to go. This is exactly why I'm saying he needs to go because under Todd Bowles, you're not going to get a quarterback developed correctly. We've seen that these last two years. We've seen him, you know, almost shield Geno Smith, always never really saying anything positive about it as well, and Greg has spoken on that too. Never really, you know, big upping this guy for doing what he needs to do it and getting out there and working with the guys. Never really having a positive word to say, even when Fitz was trash. Not figuring out how to, you know, manage Christian Hackenberg and getting him ready. Why is he not getting reps? Why is he not working on his mechanics? You know, why is Petty not starting earlier? These are all things we talked about. You allowed Fitz to sit out in that Chiefs game and throw six interceptions. These are are mind-boggling decisions. You know, so if you have a guy that has shown you this much ineptitude as a head coach, you've got to get rid of him. But sadly, and like other fans have said, if they if they don't and go into it with them next season, I think they're going to keep all the all the coaches, see what he does next season, and probably fire him after that. Yeah, I think, like I said, I think he was real close to being fired this week if they got blown out by the 49ers because it was a lifeless, embarrassing effort. And then the young guy saved his, saved his job. But I think the defining thing with Todd Bowles is it is his inability to handle veteran players. I think he trusts them, he relies on them, and they spit in his face. And that's the problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, and we've seen it all year long, and he's scared to deal with them. He doesn't deal with them. He doesn't deactivate them. He doesn't bench them. He keeps rolling them out there. Your culture gets screwed. Your accountability gets screwed. And that's why they all have to go. And so and it's going to be interesting. We're going to go again. Yeah, and that's nuts because if you're a guy that literally has based your entire program on accountability, that's, that's the, the ship you rode in on. You said, listen, we come here, guys are going to do it my way. We're going to hold everybody accountable. And then when it comes time to do so, you don't do anything. You don't hold anyone accountable. Then what are you doing here? Get out of here. It, it's, you know what's funny? It's like you listen to talk radio, and, you know, and some of the guys like, bring back Rex, bring back Rex, which is just stupid. But this team, has, <laughs> this team is doing a lot of the same things that we, we wanted Rex fired for. The same exactly. damn thing. But it, it's, exactly. it's like you want – I mean, this is it's – it's crazy. Like, the biggest selling point on Todd Bowles was his discipline and accountability, and there's none of it. Yeah. The culture is actually yeah. being established by the young guys. So yeah. it's, it's 
But we're going to keep going the busy phone lines. Once again, we appreciate everybody calling in. We'll do our best to get everybody on. We're going to go to Bryce. Bryce, this is Joe and Tyson. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing pretty good, man. It looks like you want to talk about drafts. So you want to talk about drafting a quarterback? Uh, no. Like, who, like, as of now, we're sitting on six picks. Like, what are our odds of taking Leonard Fournette? Oh, you want to go running back. Joe, what do you think about that? Uh, I don't know. No, no. Not going that high. Not going that high. Not I, I, Fournette's a talent. I get it. I've seen the kid. He's good. But not that high and not with the needs that we have. No, I would not take a running back. What are your thoughts on that, Tyson? Yeah, man. If I'm going first round, I want game-breaking players. So if it's not a quarterback, I'm going pass rusher. Nope. So this team hasn't had one since nope. Johnny Brown. So we exactly. need a game-breaking pass rusher in the worst way. I'm trading down. That, that's Again, and Greg brought that up. I brought it up before, Greg. I would trade down in that situation and stockpile picks for all the holes that we have on this team that we need to fill. What do you think, Bryce? Why don't we trade back like our sixth round pick for some for some more picks and move back and for another for a later first round pick for some second rounders, maybe a third rounder? Yeah, man. I mean, that's definitely something that, that we would do. Thank you for calling it, Bryce. We appreciate it. I mean, trading back when you need as many players as we need is always an option. Exactly. But at the same time, you don't do it just to do it. If there's a yeah. game-breaking talent, Joe, and there's some – and the one thing is we have guys that we're going to have on this offseason, you know, Connor Rogers, Jeff Lloyd, Ron Pickett, and you can tweet these guys and ask them, and there's game-breaking pass-rushing talent in the first round available. If that's yep. there, Joe, yep. I'm not trading back. I'm taking it. We need it. We, you watch, watch – look at the Kansas City Chiefs. Look at the Denver Broncos. The teams that are making moves right now have these elite pass rushes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I could definitely see that. If there's a guy there and he's an elite pass rushing talent and you can see that, I could see us taking him because that is some that is definitely a position of need here. But, you know, other than that, if you could trade back and still get a guy though that's talented and a solid pass rusher, I would do that as well. But another thing we need to do is get value for these guys that we need to get out of here. Sheldon Richardson, we need to get value for him. If you're talking about getting rid of Muhammad Wilkerson, try to find a way you can get value for him. Get value for the guys that we have that need to go. Well, Mike McCagney screwed that already. Mike McCagney already blew that. <laughs> he blew it. He blew it. He blew it. He should have tri- – yeah. listen, we, we talked about this, and we and the thing is, like, back when we were being called homers and everybody said we were negative and we were idiots, back then when we were saying trade Mo Wilkerson, don't re-sign him, back in those days, yeah. back when we yeah. said trade Sheldon Richardson now before the draft deadline or before the trade deadline, yeah. Back when we were talking about that, it should have happened, Joe. And now the value is diminished because now you've seen a year of lackluster effort. There's off-the-field concerns. And the thing with Sheldon is he wants a new contract, even more leverage in his part. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. The, the Jets are screwed, man. They're, they're going to get a third-round yeah. pick. Mo Wilkerson, they're going to have to eat a ton of cap space to get rid of him. So chances are he'll be here for at least one more year. McCagney blew it. But the guy I'm yeah. interested in here is, is what do you do with Brandon Marshall? And, and Brandon Marshall, the emergence of all these young receivers, we talked about this before. You got Anunma, you got Robbie Anderson, you got Sharon Pete, you got all these young guys just taking off. And an injured Eric Decker. If, you, yeah. if somebody offers you a third-round pick for Brandon Marshall, do you take it? Uh, I mean, I, I could. this is the thing about trading Brandon Marshall is when you talk about uh, injured Eric Decker that's not going to play because he's going to have that hip surgery, you know, Robbie, Quincy, they're good wide receivers, but are they number ones? No. Um, you know, Quincy, Quincy is, is – well, Quincy's a solid number two. I, I think he's a little bit oh, better in the slot. Robbie, I, Rob, hold, hold on here. Quincy is not an elite number one. He's not – I haven't I haven't seen that. I'm not so sure that he's the number one. I'll say that. I do think he's a great player. He may have that ability, but I'm not going to sit here and say that Robbie's a number one or an elite number one. Come on now. Let's not fool ourselves here. Just, oh, Robbie, okay, I don't think it's that either. Hold on. Robbie is Dude, not on. that either. Go ahead. You mean to tell me if the Jets finally got a clue, whether it's Chan Gailey or the quarterbacks, to continuously feature Quincy Linwood? He could not put up number one receiver numbers? Well, they have to do that. I, what I'm telling you is that I have not seen that. That's what I'm telling you right now. Is I haven't well, seen that. Because they're quarterbacks. So if, if, okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, hey, look, I haven't seen that. So I'm going off what I've seen. Okay. So if they continue to feature him and he gets out there, then maybe he could put up, you know, number one wide receiver numbers. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But he, as of right now, as far as the number one receiver, he's a question mark. I'm not ready to say that. Robbie, I don't think he's near being a number one receiver no. right now, but he's solid. So when you look at all the other guys, Jerome Peak, Devin Smith is still a question mark. Where is he at? And I'm going to ask callers about yeah, him as well. Ridiculous. Where is Devin Smith at? So when you look at going into next year with a young quarterback starting, you know, whether it be Bryce or whether it be Hack or your drafting or whatever you're going to do there at that position, and other issues if you have continuity in that offensive line, who did you put there? You need a guy that you can be sure of is going to make plays. And Brandon is that guy. You know, we talked about it all this year. He does have these mental lapses with these drops, different things. But, I mean, for as much as Fitz forced the football into him, if it was there, he was making that catch. So, if you want to go forward with a young quarterback, you're going to have to give him a guy that he can rely on. And Brandon is going to be that guy. Now, a third-round pick, I don't think anyone is going to give up a third-round pick for Brandon Marshall. We didn't give up a third-round pick for Brandon Marshall. So, I think that that isn't realistic. Um, but if somebody were to talk about a second or a first, yeah, I would do that. But I don't think anyone's going to do that in a realistic world. I think that, you know, a lot of teams would rather go young than trade for Brandon Marshall. That's what I believe. I don't know, man. If you have a win-now team that has somebody go down in the offseason or injury like that and no. they want third-round pick, he's gone. I, I, I'm about resources and cap space, and he gives us both. No. I respect the player. I respect the game. I, I made Quincy Nunn with the guy and see what happens. I mean, it's a youth movement, dude. And the other thing, too, is you got Brandon Marshall saying all the right things right now. I want to retire, Jet. I can play 10 more years, blah, 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 blah. You know what that tells me? He wants a new contract. 
He's going into a contract year. He wants an extension. That's coming. You heard it here first. It's coming. It's definitely coming. So I'm not giving him an extension. I'm going to give him trade papers. So but that's just the way this is going to work. But we're going to go. We're going to go to your good friend, Joe. This is one of your good friends. It's Steve. Steve, this is Joe oh, Tyson. Yeah. What's up, man? How you doing? How you guys doing tonight? Hey, Steve, the Jets won a game. Yeah, no, yeah, we finally won. It is a miracle, unfortunately. And unfortunately, we got a miracle out in California, which is a shocker, because usually when we go out to California, we suck, even when we are having a good year. But, you know, Bryce, you know, he had his good moments and his bad moments in the game, you know. And the way of how I see him, man, Blau was running all over the field. I loved how he got us the overtime winning touchdowns as you know. I mean, they this, I mean the Jets played really bad in the first half. I mean the, the second half they played great and you know, they did get a group together and it felt really, really good to finally win a game instead of instead of not hearing all this music that Titan has to play because this we sucked all year. Okay. So with that being said, I'm ready to open up for some questions, guys. I I'm ready. Yeah, I want to thank you for calling in. I heard you, you know, you speak about Bryce, and you, like you said, he had ups and downs. I also want to talk about something, though. That that two-point conversion showed me some moxie there, and, and it energized that sideline, and, and I think that endeared a lot of guys to Petty. Do you think that Petty could develop into that leader, that leader role that we're missing here on this team in this locker room? I think, yeah, he could definitely develop as a leader. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, the only thing is, is that he's got to show it in every game if he wants to be that leader. But, you know, but the thing is, like, he still has some growing he's got to do. Like, if he's going to be our quarterback for the future, you know, we have to just see. Steve, what is your take on, you know, when the Jets won this game, a lot there was a portion of the fan base that was pissed off because now the Jets have lesser draft position, now they're down to six. They're playing the Miami Dolphins this weekend. Is it okay for the Jets to lose to your bitter rival just to get better draft position? Well, I mean, the thing is, it would be nice to um, to have the Jets actually beat the Dolphins because we can ruin Miami's chances of a playoff berth because, you know, right now they're they're fighting for a playoff spot. And, you know, it would be nice to ruin it for them. Um, I mean, but the thing is, though, like, even though, because the thing is, we're probably not going to be facing Ryan Tannehill this Sunday, I mean, Saturday coming up, because, you know, he did suffer a sprain MCL ACL injury on Sunday, but, I mean, Saturday. But the thing is, like, we just have to see. I mean, because the thing is, if that's the case, I mean, we faced Matt Moore before in the past. And, I mean, you know, going up in this game against um, the Dolphins, I mean, I think it's going to be a close one. I mean, do I think we can pull out a win in this game? I think we could. But, I mean, we just have to see if the Jets do show up for that game on Saturday night. Well, if the Dolphins were smart, they'd start TJ Yates. He has no problem lighting our asses up. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. When he did that to us last year again when we, when we uh, lost in Houston, which was probably one of the worst losses we had last year. Yeah. And I would like to say for putting the trash right tackle, Breno Giacomini, on the bench and putting him on IR. Now we don't have to worry about talking about his ass on the show anymore for the rest of the season since he's on IR. 
Um, and I also would like to thank for them of, of benching, of putting Gilchrist on the IR. I mean, I, I felt bad for Gilchrist that he got the injury, but you know what? Gilchrist has been having a bad year, and I'm excited to watch Ron Tess Miles play. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you, man. A lot of these injuries are unfortunate, but it's just they, they were – these guys should have been benched anyway. Gilchrist has had a terrible year. Brino, since his return, has been awful. I mean, I, I, and I still want to see Doug Middleton back there. I know, like, I love Rontez Miles, but in terms of just a cover guy back there, I love to see Doug Middleton get some reps. And then Ronald Martin as well, another young safety has talent. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Steve, do you have a question, yeah, you have a question course, for us? Well, hang on. i just like to say one thing about Reno Jacobini again before I go. Reno, please do us a favor. If you want to be put on IR for the, for the rest of your lifetime, please, please be put on IR. And if you get caught, I wish you the best of luck, and you and your next job could be a store clerk at Walmart, okay? <laughs> All right. So with that being said, okay, here is tonight's question. Um, since we are going to be facing the Miami Dolphins, here's the curious today's question. The last time when uh, – the very first time that we faced Ryan Tannehill on the um, – the very first time was his rookie season in 2012. And in in our in the first game, even though we played really bad, and Mark Sanchez, and that was the year when we had Sanchez and Tebow combined, that was the game we actually did come back, and that was the game when the Dolphins kicker Dan Carpenter missed two field goals, and now he's a Buffalo Bill. You guys, my question is for you tonight: Do you remember what the final score was? And the game ended in overtime. Uh, and guesses, Joe. Uh, I yeah, um, I always forget. Um, I think it's it's off a twenty, it like a twenty to seventeen or something like that. Yeah, I, I thought it was twenty to twenty-three. The correct answer was twenty-three to twenty. That, oh. that was yeah, twenty-three oh, to twenty. So Joe, you you got the right answer again, and then obviously you know Tyson Ralph must have fell on his head because he probably hasn't gotten an answer in the last few weeks of this show. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'll see you Have a good night, Steve. Have a good night. The last, like, three weeks, the last three weeks, Steve keeps taking shots at me. And you know what it is? It's because I played music. The one time he was talking and I played some sound bites and I pissed him off. So, Joe, I'm just going to warn you now. I'm just warning you. Next week when he calls in, he's not getting a word in. I'm just going to play sound the entire time. I mean, that's just going to make Steve matter at you, man. I, I love Steve. I love his trivia questions. Thank you for calling in, Steve. He just likes taking shots at me, man. Jeez. <laughs> He's getting at you. Go our... <laughs> oh, man. This team, man. Jesus. All right, we're going to go to our next caller. It's Tyrone from Virginia. Tyrone, this is Joe and Tyson. How you doing, man? Hey, what's going on, fellas, man? Listen, I don't even know where to start at, man. I mean, first of all, I like Bryce, man. Let's see what he can do and, and, and try to move forward, man. I mean, we need a quarterback, man. I mean, it's the same story every year, every 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 two, three years. It's the same problem. I mean, but this year right here has been so bad, quarterback play. I mean, I don't want to trade Brandon. I mean, because the problem is, man, all the receivers we got are number twos. None of them are number ones. And Brandon is what's making these guys, you know, have the production they're having right now. You know, I love the way Anderson is playing. I mean, Devin Smith, I'm hope, I'm hoping he plays, but, I mean, 
It's just it's just awful, man. I mean, and why why is our defense in the first half? What's the problem? Is Coach Bolts talking to these motherfuckers before the game, yo? Bro, there's no. Uh, he started he started cursing, man. I had to yeah had to let him go. He, I think I think Coach Cole's got a little bit fired up. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna go to our next car. Good friend, Jets fan media. Jay, what's up, man? What's up, boys? Come on. Well, we're just sitting. We're sitting here arguing about if we could draft the first round quarterback or not. So, what is your take on this? I mean, it's it's just hard to uh, you know to to even speculate at this point who's going to be available. You know, you know how the draft goes. People shoot up and down the uh, you know the scale. Everyone's talking about Trubisky now. Then you know in the off season they'll do some kind of you know. MRI and find something in his shoulder or something, and they'll you know, get drafted in the fourth. You have no clue what's going to happen between now and then. So, you know, right now I would just uh, kind of focus on the development of the players that are on the actual roster this year rather than oh, Jay, trying to start listen. speculating. Save who's me be... this political mumbo-jumbo you're trying to spew out right now. <laughs> it's not political. If, if you, you see, it, you're just no, you're, you're you're the quarterback. We draft the quarterback every year, right and it now. never pans out. <laughs> what, like... so, if you rank a quarterback high, and it just had the fifth pick, and there's a quarterback that's ranked very high, a Trubisky or a Kaiser or a Watson, whoever it is. Do you take him at five? Yes or no? I can't give you a, an educated answer on that because I don't really – I've never seen Trubisky play. I just saw the reports that I've Come seen on, about man. Him and the other two guys I don't like. I don't like your boy, uh, you know, your Notre Dame don't guy do it. over there. Don't do it. Don't do oh, it. Oh, my. I don't like him. No, play it. Play it because I don't like him. That's fine. No. <laughs> I just don't like Kaiser. That is like ridiculous. Thanks for coming I'm, on, Jay, and ruining the show again, bro. You're I'm, always I'm sorry crazy. about that, man. Yeah, whatever. No, you're not. No, you're not. Because if you were sorry, you wouldn't be doing it. I'm saying the same well, I mean, mistakes you do. Whatever. Anyway, so let's. Said, let's I said Trubisky. I, 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 yeah, I nobody brought him up. Brought him up. Know what you're doing. Come on. You've been on here long enough. Let, let's let's talk about something else and get away from that before Tyson <laughs> starts playing that trash all over again. Look, I want to talk about Todd Bowles, man, because we haven't talked about that with you. Should he be fired at the end of this season? Oh man, I, we've been saying the same stuff for weeks now. I, you know, I. Do I want to go through Todd, you know, Todd Bowles and, and go through another coach? No, you know, I, I, in, in this, you know, for the sake of continuity, I would love to be able to keep him. But I mean, every week he does something else that's like, what is he, like, what are you doing, dude? And yep. you know, this game especially. So, so here, so here's where I'm at. I'm, I'm watching this game and I'm like begrudgingly watching it at this point. I, I know you were there, Joe. I give you a lot of credit, man. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting back and I'm watching this game and, and I'm like, in the first half, I'm like, oh god. This, I, I was thinking the same thing Tyson was thinking. I'm like, oh, my God, we're down 14 nothing to the 49ers this time. The 1-11 haven't won a game in 10 years, 49ers. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting back, and I'm like, Bowles, he's going to get fired. Like, this is, you know, he's not going to survive this game. And then, you know, the game turned into actually a watchable, fun game, which was cool. You know, it was like, you know, usually in these situations, I'm on team tank, right? I want to, you know, I want the draft pick. I want the easier schedule, all that stuff. So, you know, you just figure you want to team tank. But – um, you know, with, with the idea of like, you know, most likely I would say Todd Bowles will be back. Um, you want to see these guys get a couple wins down the stretch. You know, you want the guys to buy into what Todd Bowles is selling and, and, and to, you know, for, for Todd to be able to take control of that locker room. And, you know, we started to see that this week, but, you know, the younger guys came out and they were playing, you know, a lot of max draft picks and free, you know, free Asian rookies and, you know, those but guys either, were all contributing. 
and I hear and I hear you, Jay. But these are some of the same guys that he wasn't starting. He's starting right. them now well, because he's forced to. So shouldn't he be fired based off of the fact of his roster mismanagement? Because it's not well, like well, these guys just got here on the roster. Bilal Powell's been here. Bryce has been here, but he's allowed guys like Fitz to start over these over these young guys. When this guy was clearly trash, he was the worst quarterback in the league. But you still try to him there week after week. You got Revis out there when Burris should be starting. You got these younger guys that are stepping up. You know, we talked about Deion Simon. Where's this guy been at? You keep trotting out Muhammad Wilkerson and Sheldon, guys that are, aren't giving 100% effort, and you're shelling these young guys and sitting them on the bench. But now they're showing up, they're balling, and they're saving you and he should be brought back next week. I mean, can you trust him with the development of these young guys going into next year? I have major doubts about that, man, and that's where I was going with it. You know, I, I, I wanted to explain to you the swing and emotion I had, so I went from being really pissed off in the first quarter to enjoying the game. And, and, and really, But then, my God, man, 38 seconds left or whatever it was in the game, we get the ball back, right? And yep. we, we get it back in a manageable spot. You know, it's not like we were, we were pinned deep in our, in our, you know, like inside the 10-yard line or something. And we run a couple plays, but then we run a running – we have a timeout left, right, with like 18 <laughs> seconds I think we had left on like the 40-yard line or whatever. We run a running play and then call a time and, – and, and he gets out of bounds. And then we call a timeout while the clock is stopped, our last timeout, and then we come out and run another running play. What, what was that? I mean, I, I've never seen – I mean, it's like – Dude, he has no clue. It's the, it was the most insane, and, and I lost it. I lost it because I was like, my God, like, here we go again with another one of these situational disasters. If you're going to run the ball there, just take a knee and go to overtime. What's the point of running the ball? You know, you have no timeouts left. Even if he ran down to the to, – even if he had a 35-yard run, by the time he gets down, he gets tackled, we're not spiking the ball and getting a field goal. You know, so what was the point of a running play there? I just, if you're going to call a running play, why are you calling a timeout? I, it was crazy. That was the craziest ending of a game. And it got n- absolutely no, you know, nobody really spoke about it too much because we had a nice comeback and we were going to overtime. And then, and then also the Jets happened to win the game in overtime. If they lost the game in overtime, I guarantee you a lot of people would have been talking about that saying, dude, what the hell were you doing? You can't throw the ball 25 yards downfield and take a shot. You can make it a, a pass interference. You catch the ball in the middle of the field like, like, 30 other teams can probably do maybe in the NFL besides the Browns. You know, I mean, come on. Throw the ball over the middle of the field. You have a timeout, and then let's see what we got. It was crazy. I, I hated the way he ended that game, playing not to lose against the 49ers. And, you know, it was crazy. That was ridiculous. So And, Jay, I go and that's, to, that's the I hardest thing, like Jay. And then I'm like, yeah, he does need to be fired. You know, it's, it's crazy. There's certain things, like, you want to see at your head coach. It's like you want to see leadership, accountability, and a legitimate direction and plan. And they came out once again, zombie nation full effect. They're on a birthday blown out of the building. They, they find a way to fight back, and, and then he falls apart again. It's like you want, you want to try to find a way to defend this guy, and you can't. And like I keep saying, I these young guys bailed his ass out. Because if they would have lost that game in embarrassing fashion, he would be fired this week. And, and rightfully so, because it's embarrassing. So now you play, you win a game, and, and the funny thing is, everybody's like, "Oh, the Jets won." Okay, great. First of all, you beat the 49ers, one of the worst teams in football. So you beat the 49ers and the Browns. Seriously, you know, like, come on, let's not let's not give out bouquets of flowers, to everybody, and celebrate like we won the championship here. You beat a very bad team. Good for you. But Jay, now what do you want to see against the Dolphins, who are still with Tannehill out? They're still a good team. Matt Moore is a feisty guy. What do you want to see against the Dolphins? Do you want to see a great effort, like? What are you expecting this week? Well, I want to see, you know, like I was just saying before, if 
if the Jets, no matter what, if no matter what happens down the stretch, if their plan is next year to bring back Todd Bowles, which I, I really, I'm going to assume that that's the plan. I don't, I, you know, I just don't see them making a move right now to, to fire, you know, to fire the guy. So that being said, you know, I, I know that it's against what a lot of Jets fans want, but I'm going to be rooting for them to win these games down the stretch with the idea in mind that, that this team can, you know, that the young guys can go into the, off season, you know, after winning a few games down the stretch and getting a good feeling, you know, and, and, and being excited about the offseason plan and coming in ready to go next year. We should have beaten the Dolphins the first time we played them. If not for Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing ridiculous interceptions in the end zone and us giving up a kick return for a touchdown late in the game, we would have beat them in their building with, you know, in an important game for them. So there's no reason we can't, in our building, beat this team. They're not very good. Matt Moore's the quarterback. I mean, you know, this, to be honest, this should be a win, but – um, you know, you know how this season's gone. So I'll yeah. be there. I'll, I'll be rooting for him. And, uh, you know, I hope that the rest of the Jet fans understand, you know, it's like I, – I, one thing I hate seeing is when Jet fans go after other Jet fans for, you know, for rooting for wins. I mean, you know, or losses. You know, I understand both ends and both, both perspectives. And, uh, you know, there's just two ways to go in about it. If you want to check out and, you, and you're just not interested and you want them to lose, that's fine. And if you want them to win, that's fine too. There's no reason people have to be like, you know, you're a freaking idiot. You know, like, like, you know, the Jets should be losing. No, you're an idiot. The Jets should be winning. How, you know, there's no reason to argue about that. It's just it is what it is at this point. You know, it's a lost season, and, you know, you just want to take some positives, I think, in my opinion, going into the off season, and, uh, you know, get the young guys kind of, you yeah. know, in tune with, with the yeah. program. Yeah, and I hear you there, Jay, and talking about going into the off season and, and trying to get, you know, ended on a positive note, what are your thoughts about this quarterback position? Because now Petty's playing. And, you know, he showed a little bit in the second half. You know, he got it, kind of got it together and started putting something together. I mean, what are your thoughts about him going into this Dolphins game? Well, look, I, I, I like the way uh, Petty competed. You know, it was nice. It was a breath of fresh air. Um, he didn't – I mean, besides that, that first interception, he didn't really do anything too stupid out there. He took some, some, uh, some sacks that he probably shouldn't, you know, have taken. Uh, he kind of – he was a little oh, slow back there you know, on, like on his knees and everything. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, he, he was like he was like Fitz, he was like Fitz 4.0, man. It was it was it was a younger you know it was a younger more agile. But, but you know at, at the same time, um, you know, look if if I I think that Bryce Petty is going to be a part of of the future no matter what, whether that be as as the starter next year, which is probably unlikely, or as the backup. Um, I think he's proven that he can at least get in there and play in this league. So you know at very least we got a backup there, but. Um, I think they're going to sign a veteran in the offseason. You know, they're probably bringing a guy, you know, uh, just a guy, a Glennon type. And, you know, I think that um, they'll let Bryce, you know, quote-unquote compete with him and, you know, and then we'll go from there unless somebody drops to us in the draft. But, you know, I, I just don't – I mean, who do you like, Tyson? You, you, is there a quarterback you like? You I, you, you really you want Kaiser? Come is that, on, is, Are you – are you you got to be kidding me. That is too violent for you, Jay. That's too violent for me, man. Just no, 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 you're not I'm, sorry. Get him out of here. I'm getting banned for a week. You, you're going to have to show accountability, man. I'm going to have to get banned for a week. I'm oh, yeah. You, it'll be a long time for you live on this show, man. Get out of here with that nonsense. <laughs> Seriously, though, do, do you like that guy that I, that, that I uh, am not allowed to name? 
Is that, is that serious or is that because you're a fan of that team? You, you just going to keep going on with this? What do you think he's going to say, Jay? What do you think he's going to no, say? No, I, I want, him to, be, I want him to be honest with us, Joe. I want him to be honest with us. I'm calling him out. I'm saying, I'm saying if he played for Michigan, would you like him still? You asking Hollywood Roush to be honest? That's your first yeah. mistake. Come on now, Jay. You know what he's going to say, I like dude. Tyson, man. Tyson, Come on. Tyson's honest with me. He might lie okay. to you, but he's honest with me, man. All right, Come on, man. I'll tell you what. Uh, <laughs> I tell you what, I'm gonna be Miss Cleo. I'm gonna I'm gonna predict the future. I'm gonna say yes. He wants that crap guy from his crap school. Okay, am I right? I will say this, Jay. I will, if McCagnan identifies a quarterback that he feels is a franchise quarterback, then he should make the move to get him. That's what I think. Oh. I, I'm not even saying it's Kaiser or not. I'm saying if he says that he thinks that Watson is a guy, if he thinks Trubisky is a guy, go ahead and get him. Go out and be aggressive and get him. You got to trade up and get him, get him. I really don't care. If he believes that firmly, that quarterback is there, make a move to get him and stop playing around. That's my honest opinion. I'm tired of I don't think Kenny's the guy. I don't think Hackenberg's the guy. I think you got to find one. But are we on the same page that, we, that, that pretty much no matter what happens, we're probably not going to be, you know, a very good team next year as well? I mean, we're going to have to accept that as Jet fans. We're probably not going to be very good next year. So, I think we're going to have another chance next year to do the same thing and, you know, be, be close to the top of the draft and, and be able to get a quarterback. I personally would rather see us build up the O-line, build up, you know, some depth and then go get our guy, you know, our quarterback next year. And I heard, you know, next year there's going to be some guys coming out. So, yeah. um, I, I mean, my, me, that's just me personally. If there's a guy that he feels that comfortably about that he wants to go up and get, so be it. But, you know, that's a dangerous move because if you trade a bunch of draft picks to move up, you know, to get your guy and that guy doesn't pan out, then you're, you set your team back five years. I mean, you're, that's that's the biggest gamble there is. So I, I don't yeah, know if I'm. If, also, I, if you also try to, that kind of, it, it, yeah, but Jay, if you pin your hopes on Hackenberg and he's not the guy, you're setting yourself back three years. So what the hell's the difference? Well, not really, because if you give, let's say, you give Teddy or Hackenberg next year and they don't they don't pan out, then then you can go out and get your quarterback in 2018. I mean, no, I I, I just don't know if. if Look, I just don't know if there's a guy worth it. I mean, that's that's the only thing I'm saying. If there was a guy that they really think is worth it, then go for it. But I don't want to just make a move just because we need a quarterback and this is the best guy on the board, so let's go get him. You know, like well, I, I'll tell it, you this. Has- here, here's my assessment. If Mike McCagnan, the executive of the year, the guy that you guys all think is a genius, if he thinks Hackenberg is a second-round pick, then he thinks Kaiser is a top-five pick. I'll say that. <laughs> Okay, to be fair, I praise, I love Mike McCagnin last year. There's no defending the job he did this year. I'm not, I, I don't think he's a genius. You know, I, 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 I was very outspoken with how much I liked the job he did last year, but he, he definitely uh, did a lot of questionable stuff this year. And, uh, you know, I, I definitely would stop short of calling him a, a genius. But at the same time, I don't, I think it's totally ridiculous that there are some people that are comparing him to Idzik. I mean, that's just absurd. There's, you know, you can you can do a bad job and not be compared to one of the worst of all time. I mean, there, there's you know there, there's some some common ground here where you know I think that we're we're, we're well, skipping from from see, A to Z a little too fast. At least Idzik was able to draft a very good quarterback. At least got Geno. McCagnin's over two. Three, define actually. very good. That's Patrick. That's three. <laughs> define define <No>. very good. Because <laughs> Geno, look, I know I know we we. Gino may not have gotten his fair shot here, man, but I, I don't think anyone's gonna go, you know, go calling him very good right now. I mean, he he might be better than anything that we have. Um, that's that's arguable, but I don't think that anyone would go out and argue that Gino is very good. I mean, he 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 had opportunities, and you know, I, I don't want to get into that that whole conversation, but you know, I, I think that uh, 
you know, if, if you look at the overall body of work from, you know, the drafts from Isaac's two years compared to uh, McCagna's two years, I don't, I don't think it's even comparable. There are guys that in Isaac's two years didn't even get on the field and aren't even in the NFL anymore two years later. And there's the guys that McCagan drafted are at least, you know, on the roster. They're at least competing. There's, you know, guys like Malden in the third round and Jordan Jenkins and, you know, going all the way throughout, even, you know, the Sharon Peaks and, the, and, and you know, the uh, Robbie Andersons and, the, you know, the non-drafted free agents. I mean, it's like McCagney's done a pretty decent job of putting some guys in place, whereas, you know, John Idzik's drafts were just an abomination. And not only that, but it's even looking like the Sheldon Richardson pick isn't even going to pan out. I mean, you know, we got two years of good Sheldon Richardson and then a whole bunch of suspensions and, and you know, no shows at practice and, and, you know, team cancer stuff and he's getting benched and he's been, you know, all of it. it's just crazy. So, I mean, he won't even be on the team next year. So, what do you have for Midzik? You have Calvin Pryor, Quincy Inunua, who he cut in his first training camp, and, and Brian Winters. That's all you got in, two, in 19 picks. It's crazy. So I don't want to hear any comparisons of Idzik to McCagden. That's just nonsense. <clears throat> hey, good stuff, man. Thanks for calling in. All right, man. So, Joe, here, here's my question. Mm-hmm. Since you, you're, you know, you're, a, a big, you're a big scouting guy, who would you <laughs> consider a better prospect? I mean, because now we're all quarterback gurus now. I mean, look at Twitter. Everybody's a guru. <laughs> Who's a better prospect, Deshaun Kaiser or Christian Hackenberg? Oh, no, you're not going to get listen. Just answer the question. It's a simple question. The crap guy from that crap school would be a better prospect, but Wait, say I that mean, again? the crap guy from the crap school may may be a better prospect, but then you draft to sit here. No, 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 because we haven't, and this is why I'm saying is that I'm going off of what I saw from Christian Hackenberg in college if we're talking about drafting, because everyone knows I didn't want to have anything to do with Hackenberg. But to see Mike take him in the second round, he sees something. There are things that Hackenberg has. Yeah, he sees desperation. That, you know, he could, no, no, it wasn't desperation, because he, he could have took Paxton Lynch. Lynch was sitting there. To see him – you know, take this guy. There's some tools that, that Hackenberg has. It's just got to be refined. So if you develop this dude correctly, then maybe he turns into something. That's, that's all I'm saying. But it, it is what it is with whatever they're doing with him. So what you're saying is in order oh. to justify your terrible second-round pick, you're going to ignore a quality first-round pick. That's what you're telling me? No, I think I'm, what I'm saying is that if you look at this draft and then you look at our team right now, uh, it's not ignoring your terrible second-round pick. It's, it, you're, you fail to develop your second-round pick correctly, but they'll do that going forward. But when you look at this team, you're seeing all the other holes you have on the team, and you're saying to yourself, well, just because that crap guy from that crap school is better than you know, Hack right now, does that mean that he's the guy for us? Is, is no, he the, the player that we need right now? That is the question, and I don't think that I don't think that he would be the answer. Question for you. Okay, go ahead. You you, you drive a car to work, right? I'm sure you drive. You you know you you work a lot. You, you have to drive your car to work, correct? Yes, yes, I do. Would you rather your car have three tires or four tires? Oh my! <laughs> Here we go. Well, the way my car is built, I need four tires. Well, so then, then you'd want Kaiser over Hackenberg. Next caller. Oh, my God. <laughs> that, is, 
listen, like like I said, I'm interested in us trading down in the draft. I, you, you're going to keep trying to plug your crap guy on this show and ruin this show. Like, I, I think you and Jay, you guys are big-time homies. I know y'all probably sat down and worked that whole scenario out where he came on with this pre-recorded speech about, oh, I don't know who I want. Like, ooh, Tyson, do you want the guy from your school? I'm pretty sure that was all pre-planned. Okay, but listen, no, but that's, to be this honest, draft, to be honest, this Joe, draft. No, but see, listen, I'll be transparent. I don't even need Kaiser. Give me Trubisky. Give me a quarterback. That's what I want. He's not going to be I'll there. Sean Watson, he's like, yeah. I don't care. Yeah, but he's not going to be there. And the thing is, again, I'm going to keep saying, you have two guys here that they've taken, and they've traded picks to move up to get Bryce Betty. When you look at the value that they've given up, he's you know, that's almost second round. Dude, who cares? They traded, they traded picks to get him, and they passed on Duke Johnson. Uh, to get them. So listen, I think you need to work on developing these guys because they're, they've shown you they have something. I mean, Hackenberg hasn't shown you anything yet because you haven't given them a chance to do so. You're not even doing anything with them. But Petty has shown you that he's given you something. But then when you look at all the other needs on this team, man, you're either looking to trade down or get a pass rusher because other than that, you put any of those young quarterbacks you're talking about behind some of the stuff that we're going to have going on in this roster next year, and they're going to be ineffective. Like, you don't See, think the thing offensive you keep saying line, is they're going to be in We got to develop. You keep saying mm-hmm. we got to develop players. You know, we got to develop mm-hmm. a better plan of drafting players. A better plan of drafting the players. Stop getting projects and get I'm players, not... McHagan. He's over two. Over two. It, it was crazy. You know what's crazy? I, I literally said that in the offseason. I literally said that in the offseason right after we drafted Christian Hackenberg. Everyone, go back and listen to that show. I talked about that. I talked about them bringing back six, how that was going to jack up the, the entire process. And everything that I talked about is happening. From bringing in Clady with his injury history, here's a clue for some guys that don't know. Just because Clady got hurt doesn't mean that that would have been the end-all, be-all. Okay? Regardless of whether he got hurt or not, he had a $10.5 million bonus coming next year if you wanted to keep him on the team. We couldn't afford that either way with bringing Fitz back. We're already over the cap now, as Greg explained as well. All that stuff I talked about in the offseason. So, yeah, we do have to find a better way to acquire players not, and draft players as well. And, and that's all Mac to do in the future. He's got a lot of work coming up in this draft. All right, we're going to go to our next caller. It's James. James, it's Joe and Tyson, and Long Beach Joe is going crazy. <laughs> that's all right. You know what? I'm doing good, guys. You know, I'm doing fantastic. Like, I, I live pretty close to the Bay Area. So, you know, for the Jets to take down the San Francisco 49ers was great. It was great walking into work yesterday and seeing everybody's sad little faces. So, um, you know, I'm probably the happiest Jet fan in America. So, I'm pretty pleased with that. And, you know what? Bilal Powell was amazing. I have not seen yeah. a guy run the rock like that since Curtis Martin or, or I remember Thomas Jones had a big game on the Buffalo Bills a year ago. Um, I just hope that we can appreciate the the effort, the, the the ball of the game, you know what I mean, that Bilal Powell had. It was it was amazing and, and we got, you know, not just him, guys like Jordan Jenkins. I mean, yeah, I know Joe, you were at the game. Did you see the fire that he had out there? Yep. Jenkins, I mean, there were times the 49ers did not want to block him. So, and he he was going crazy. I loved it. Um, And another guy that I want to talk about who really, really moved up a notch in my book is Justin Burris. This Mm -hmm. kid has some nastiness. He doesn't give up. I love the way he plays corner. He has played the best corner uh, play that we've had all season, you know, in one half of football. 
I was really pleased with what I seen from him, which, you know, I know since we're going to be bashing on Todd Bowles a little bit, if we had some capable guys, why were they not out there earlier in this yeah. Why weren't they out there a few weeks ago? You know, you see yeah. Deion Simon playing well. You see Justin Burris playing well. You see Bilal Powell. I don't know if, you know, Chan Gailey has Alzheimer's and just forgot about him. I don't know what happened, but it's amazing. You give Bilal Powell the ball and, you know, good things start to happen. And, you know, it was just it was a good game, you know. Um, it was good to see the defense come out in the second half and shut down. And I know it's the 49ers. are not that great. But, you know what? We, we you know, we played well. We got a win. And, you know what, Bryce Petty, I know you guys are talking about him. He uh, didn't do too bad, you know. he Obviously, we've seen some bad things. He needs to, you know, work on some mechanics, get better on a lot of things. But, you know, we've seen the arm strength, too. There was a couple throws where, you know, I was like, wow, you know. I find myself saying that when I see him play. And, uh yeah. Bryce said he has that dog in him, too, which which is rare. You don't always find that in players, especially in quarterbacks, where, you know what, we're not going to go down today. We're not going to lose today. I'm going to find a way. I'm not going to throw 90-yard bombs down the field, 90-yard interceptions. I'm going to find a way to win this game. That was yeah. I, I came away pretty impressed. I'm not saying he's our quarterback answer, but I came away impressed with him. You know, we'll see what happens going further. And to go back to the Miami Dolphins, I'm a true Jeff fan. I hate the Miami Dolphins. I would love to go out hey, there and Jeff, destroy them. You're talking a lot of things here, but hold on one second. You, you came away impressed from Petty. Did you not have any concerns that he, was, he wasn't trusting his eyes, pumping too much, he was staring at receivers? I mean, he came, he, he, he fired everybody up towards the end, and it was an exciting victory, but let's not act like this was an all-star performance, right? Yeah. No, it wasn't an all-star performance, you know, and he's got to improve in a lot of areas. But, you know what, he certainly played better than, you know, Fitzpatrick most of the year. And, you know, he's only a second-year guy. Well, (laughs) (laughs) you know, yeah, but you know what, he's got that dog in him. You know, he he got to win, you know, yeah, the 49ers, but, you know what, he's going to get better. Let's see what he can do. And, and, you know, he's got to work on that. that, You know, when we do play action, he can't just be doing half-ass little, you know what I mean? He's got to get better in a lot of areas, but, you know, I, yeah. you know what, let's see what happens. You know, I'm not ready to crown him yet, but, you know what, I can't wait. I'm definitely impressed, so yeah, let's see James, what happens James. going forward. Yeah, absolutely, and James, I want to thank you for calling in, and I, and I hear a lot of what you're saying, and I had a lot of the same, uh, you know, some of the same outlook on him as well. His arm, he's got a big arm. You saw him launch a lot of footballs. You know, he's a little erratic, and his footwork still needs a little work, but He's working on those things, and like you said, I think he's he's got that. He's coming along. Bilal Powell, you spoke on him as well. I think he's been mismanaged the entire year, and, you know, part of that is Chan Gailey. Uh, most of that is Todd Bowles as well. Being the head coach, he's the head of the team. If this guy is a guy that you, you see and you can identify that can run the rock, you know, he, he's been a big part of our offense, then you make sure that this guy is getting the ball every single game. He's getting lots of snaps. There have been games with C.J. Spiller, you know, has – have had more snaps than him, and that doesn't make any sense at all. And, and moving forward, because you talked about some of the younger guys, you know, wide receivers well, Robbie Anderson, they're finally getting out there and being used. A lot of that stuff falls on Todd Bowles, man, not getting these young guys out there earlier so that he could show, you know, and develop them and see what they have. Do you trust Todd Bowles going forward as a head coach to develop these young guys since he's showing you some of this stuff, his inability to develop these young guys in the fold, in the clutch? Um, until he shows us otherwise, no, absolutely not. I don't I don't trust him. Um, I, I don't know what that is. You know, I, I don't know if that's an Arizona thing. I, I don't know if you guys remember two years ago when David Johnson was a rookie and they refused to give him the ball. Every time he touched yep. the ball, he got a touchdown. 
but you actually didn't start. And, you know, they had some defensive players. They were doing things like that. And now they're doing it here with the Jets, too, where we got guys who are eager, chomping at the bit to play. When they go out there, they make plays. But, yeah, we don't play them. I don't know if that's an Arizona thing. That's a top bowls thing, but I don't like it. I don't. I don't think that helps us any. I don't. I don't think that helps us one bit. So, no, I don't like it. And they, I remember you guys were asking people, "Do I think top bowls should be back?" Well, I think you should give them a knee and ultimatum and be like, "Look, Todd, either Sean Gailey and Casey Rogers go and you stay, or all three of you go. So, if you want to be loyal, be loyal. See you later. I mean, I don't know what they have to do if they have to." you know, offer the Brooklyn Bridge and part ownership to Harbaugh and a guy like Nick Saban, but I want a coach here. I want somebody who knows what they're doing, who's going to build this team, and, you know, I want it. I, you know, I, Todd Bowles has shown us nothing. It kind of reminds me, of, if you remember back to Eric Mangini, he had that 10-6 season, and then he was just got awful the rest of the way. kind of reminds me of that. Oh, you know, hold everybody... on. Wait, 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 wait. wait, wait. <laughs> Let's... Eric Mangini, did there... Eric Mangini got screwed by Woody Johnson. He it wasn't by absolutely. His fault he there is a significant difference to the coaching, the productivity, everything else when you compare Mangini and Todd Bowles. Night and day, my friend. Mm, yeah, I mean, and I, I know Dude, Mangini did have this is apples and oranges. He had yeah, he had far forced on him and everything. Do you think this team, this current gen team, is more talented, better than Mangini's team that that we hit the toilet with a breath lock? Mangini's team was ten times better coached than this team ever was. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I mean, we'll have to see what happens with Todd. I mean, most likely he stays. He's got a lot of work to do. But Casey Rogers, Changeli, they gotta go. Casey Rogers, I'm sick and tired of what I'm seeing on defense. Um, and you know, I'm gonna defend Sheldon Richardson a little bit. You know, he's got some issues. I'm not going to, like, bang the drums for him. But, you know, there's times when they put him in the right positions where he balls. We've seen in overtime. He, he made, the, you know, a couple of stops. He made a big fourth and one stop. Sean Richardson, he's got his head on straight. He can play. You know what? And to me, I think if we don't find the right deal for him in the offseason, I feel like he brings more value to us on his contract season playing here than trading him for a fourth-round draft pick. That's just what I'm going to say. Oh. If, if people are going to offer us fourth-round picks and things like that, you know what, bring him back. Oh, 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 oh. You'd rather have a fourth-round pick. You'd rather have a fourth-round pick or whatever, a fifth-round pick, and and Lou Sheldon, rather than keeping him here on his contract year when you know he's going to ball out, you know he's going to do something. What? You know what? You Jay, can move him the year Jay, after that. Jay, Tyson, play that again, please, for this man. Play, oh, play that I, again. I got, a better, I got a better one for him. <laughs> <laughs> listen, and you, I, I love you, David. Listen here. If you do not get rid, if you do not get rid of Sheldon Richardson this year or in the off season and find some type of value for him. That will be a gigantic mistake. Okay, I will take a fourth-round pick all day because you cannot keep him here. You can't give him the type of money that he wants. And even if you do give him the type of money that he wants, you have tons of question marks with him off the field. I mean, this guy is one major incident away from being gone for a while. So you cannot trust this guy on top of the fact that you have to question his effort out there on the field as well. That, that's just way too much to make an investment into a player like that. Let, let's move on from him and make him someone else's problem. I'm sorry. 
And that is true. They need to tell him that because they need to tell him, Shelton, this is your money, man. You need to go out there and ball out. You see, Ndamukin Sue, he was on a team that was 0-16, and he still gave everything. They still lost, but he still gave everything that he had. He still balled out. So there's no, I don't think there's any excuse for Sheldon. But I do think him on his contract year, he's going to be very motivated. You know, if they're going to give us fourth-round picks, forget that. If we get a second-round pick, I'll, you know, I'll be doing cartwheels to New York. I'll be, I'll be really happy. But I feel like just giving him away, no, I, I don't really like that. And Muhammad Wilkerson, I, I don't know. Maybe, you know what, here's a scenario. Maybe a team wants, you know, uh, Tyson's guy, Kaiser. Maybe somebody really wants him. Maybe we can give it a team. We just give Muhammad Wilkerson away, and maybe, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do with that. But, uh, oh, my. <laughs> Thanks, thanks nah, for calling, you know, Jake. We appreciate all right. it, man. You know, you guys have a good night. You guys have a good night. <laughs> oh, just, I had to, man. I had to. It was just, it was going down fast, man. It, that was that was faster than that was faster than Kevin's Titanic. My goodness. So we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna oh, go man. to our good friend Justin. Justin, how are you doing, man? What's up, guys? How are we doing tonight, Justin? Share your thoughts on this first-round quarterback. Are you for drafting one or against it? Against it. I I said mm. it last week. Against it. Absolutely against it. Why? Because we don't know if he's going to play out, and we're not going to win next year, and our offensive line we need to address. I mean, I said it last uh, off season. We need to address the offensive line. It was my biggest yeah. concern. And then all of a sudden, so draft Reno Giacomini. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, I don't think we're going to draft a, a lineman in the first uh, with, a, with our first-round pick anyways, but I think we go rusher first round or mm. maybe Leonard Fournette. I mean, I haven't really looked into the draft too much yet because we still got three more games to be played, and we got to see how our players – develop over these next three games. So you want to go Petty, Hackenberg, veteran Band-Aid for next year. That's your that's your quarterback plan for the team? Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. I did not I did I say that? I mean, it depends. What kind of veteran Band-Aid are we putting on? I mean, I don't want a guy like Brian Hoyer, E.J. Manuel, as we mentioned last week, all the free agent quarterbacks trash quarterbacks they have, but I mean if we're going to put Mike Mike Glennon on our team, as I mentioned, that's a different story, so I mean, what kind of veteran are we talking here? So you'd rather have Mike Glennon than a first-round draft pick? Uh, what do you mean? Would I, I'd rather have Mike Glennon and an edge rusher than a quarterback. Yes, I'd rather have that. Okay. I mean, that's fair enough. That, that's So you know, and then you're going to revisit the quarterback position again in 2018. Then you're cool with that? Well, I mean, not necessarily. Who knows? Who knows how Mike Lennon would play? And maybe you find the gem in him, and he could be your quarterback for the next five years. Because you you know, Hedy, uh, what's his name? Hackenberg is not seeing the field next year. So I mean, maybe he develops, and if Glennon doesn't play out, then maybe you go to Hackenberg. I mean, who knows? I want to thank you for calling in. Can you can you answer a question for me? What does Todd Bowles do well as a head coach? 
Uh, I mean, he's got me questioning him again because, uh, as Jay mentioned, I mean, we're playing to tie a one in who knows what. I forgot uh 49er team. We're playing to really take them to overtime. I mean, why are we not airing the ball out and taking a chance to go for seven and win that game in regulation with a young quarterback? I just – I don't know with balls anymore. Yeah. Yeah, and, and another thing that kind of kind of blows my mind is – in this game, we had nine penalties. I mean, what are your thoughts about that? This team plays yeah, so I mean, sloppily, and what are your thoughts about those penalties? And it seems like I mean, we're doing the same this thing that's been go- did. That's why I got a problem with balls. The same thing that's been going on for weeks and weeks at a time. We say it every week. It's the same things are happening over and over. There's no accountability. I mean, accountability. He preaches it, but he doesn't hold his players accountable. So I mean, who knows with Coach Bowles anymore? Justin, the thing is this. Do you think it makes sense to keep Bowles and then fire both coordinators? If you're going to fire both coordinators, shouldn't you just fire the entire staff? Fire. Clean house. Clean house. Yep. I I said it. Clean house. I mean, what's the point anyway? We're going to be – we're looking for a whole new revamped staff. You might as well get rid of a coach that doesn't know what he's doing. And then that's the thing. That's the point I keep trying to make is like everybody's like, oh, well, wanna, you, you wanna, fire both coordinators, you fire all this. If you're going to fire all the coordinators, that means Todd Bowles has made bad decisions. He should be fired as well. Because guess so what? You, you keep yeah. him. Guess what? Right? Yeah. Guess what? It's not about next year, to be honest with you. If we get a young quarterback, if we draft a quarterback, or we bring in Glennon or a Band-Aid, as you guys call it, it's not about next year because Bowles would be coaching for his job in year three with a young a young group that we're trying to just build for the future. It's really not about next year. I've been saying it, proper rebuild. That's what we need to do this, this year and this offseason. We need to rebuild the proper way. That's what we need to do. And exactly. I don't know if Bowles is the right – I don't think he'll even maybe get out of year three if he does because I don't think we're going to be any good next year. It's about – this is about two two or three years down the line. Yeah. Can, uh, another question. We, we, we're talking about told, Todd Bowles and his, his, you know, lack of development of young guys and this offense is at issues and nobody's really talked about him, you know, not taking the reins there and saying, listen, this is what needs to happen. Allow Powell needs to get more snaps. You know, okay, we're done with this. Oh, beyond Let's start Powell? Hey, let's do Powell? this. Yeah, but no, no. My question to you is, where is Devin Smith? Why, why Hello, do you think that this guy isn't isn't being out there? Devin Smith, this is a perfect example why Coach Bowles could possibly be fired. I was going to mention that you guys didn't let me talk about that. Devin Smith, you guys want to know how many plays he played? Do you guys know how many uh, plays he played uh, last game when he was active for the first time? And he, he played one play. He was open on that short fourth down play, and they took him out because Marshall got hurt, and they took him right at, right out after that. It's comical. We wasted a second-round pick on this guy, and we're not even seeing what he can do. I mean, I don't know, but that's – we wasted a second-round pick on a guy, and he's not even seeing action on meaningless games. I don't understand but that see, either. But hold on. But wait, before, you, before we call Devin Smith a waste, I mean, I don't think he is a waste. I think it's Todd Bowles again – Either trying to send a message, which it's no, I, I didn't say it's Todd Bowles being clueless. I mean, we, yeah, we need to get this guy on the field and see what he can do because we don't know what he's do. We don't know what he is. We don't know if he's good or bust. We don't know. He can't stay because he's not seeing the field. 
See, now, just based on, we've been doing the show for over two hours tonight. Every comment is questioning Todd Bowles' ability to manage the roster, incorporate young talent, get the guys in the field. That alone speaks volumes. This team is a rebuilding team. That alone itself, Justin, just says this guy's oh, too fired. Yes, exactly. And I wanted to mention a point about rebuilding. Bruno Giacomini, he's gone. Gilchrist is gone. They, they've seen their last days in Jet uniform. That will dry up $8 million in the offseason. And let's see if Douglas Middleton can be the starter. He's playing for a yes. starting job to replace Gilchrist. Yes. So that's the point I wanted to bring up. And Burns, I've been saying it for weeks. The guy, the guy had a pretty decent game. And also another point I wanted to bring up that no one probably hasn't mentioned. I mean, I missed part of the show, but Craig Watts, he had a great training camp. I'd like to see this yep, guy get a chance because yep, this guy showed yep. some promise in training camp. And, I mean, a spot we need to work on, Craig Watts, keep an eye over him. I'd like to see him get a chance to play on Sunday in these next upcoming games. Justin, good stuff. My last question for you is this. Yeah, I know everybody's in tank mode to get the good draft position. Would you mind beating the Dolphins this Saturday? What do you mean? I I, I think there's no such thing as a tank, to be honest with you, because guess what? For these people that wanted to tank, we only dropped, I think, two draft positions by winning that game. I mean, any time the Jets win is a great a great time for me, and I don't understand the people that root for losses because there's no such thing as tanking in my mind because the, dra- the draft is a – you still have to draft right no matter where you draft. Now, Justin, once again, man, you've been on a roll. Your last three or four calls have been pure fire, man. Good stuff, man. All right. Yep. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it's interesting, Joe. And, and you know, the one thing, we'll go, we'll keep going the calls, but it's like I hate the Dolphins, dude. I hate the Dolphins. I hate the Patriots. I can't stand them. I don't care if it's Matt Moore, yeah. Marino, Tannehill. I hate them all, dude. And I understand the whole notion about draft picks, but, man, it's, it's kind of fun beating the Dolphins sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. I feel the exact same way about the Dolphins. I can't stand them. I don't like the mascot. I don't like the janitors. I don't like the stadium. I don't like the trash cans. I don't like the guy that dumps the trash cans. I don't like anything that has to do with any of those two teams. And, you know, I think you have to go out there and compete in every single game. I don't like the whole tank idea at all. All right, we're going to go to the next caller. Our next caller is a big a big winner this weekend as she you actually paid off your debt to her. So I'm glad that you're a man of your word and you and she held you accountable. Something Todd Bolt Todd Bolt could actually learn from our next from our next caller. I'm I'm very impressed. So we'll bring on our good friend Rumi. Rumi, what's up? Hi, how are you guys doing tonight? Thanks for having me on. Well I'll let I'll let you and Joe argue and I'll just enjoy it. Argue? We actually got along. It was nice meeting you, Joe, and I really enjoyed the beer, the $10 beer yeah. that you paid up. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's good to see you, Rumi. Hey, listen, as I tell people, I am a man of the people, okay? I am a representative of the people. I've been appointed by the people. I am to treat the people right, okay? If I make a bet, I will pay up. I have no issues you doing that. You definitely did. I'm a, I'm a man of my work. Thank you. Give my music. One, two, three, four. (laughs) Listen, I love the people. I'm here for them. So if I make a bet with you, I'm going to pay up, okay? I absolutely will pay up. I'm a man of my word, all right? But let's go into the game, Rumi, because me and you were there. We were heckled by 49ers fans. We were bothered by 49ers fans. You saw, we were loud. Did you hear our Jets chant? Our section was loud. 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, I was, uh, you know, I was surrounded by 49ers. And it was I know. So I wanted you to come in that. our section. <laughs> yeah, but I definitely heard you guys. What are your thoughts about the play of Bryce Petty? Well, in the beginning, like everyone said, he started out really slow. I know he's he missed, you know, a couple of long balls to uh, Robbie Anderson. But, you yep. know, in the end, he looked pretty decent. I mean, he didn't play the greatest game, but like I said, it's like his second game. He needs to uh, learn and build his experience. But you know what? I thought about it. You know how the kicker, Dawson, he missed two field goals, the 44-yard and the 48. So if he made one of them, I mean, the outcome would have been different. We would have lost that game. So we were really fortunate that happened. You know, it's not like it was really windy or anything. What? What was that? They got very lucky. We did. And then, like, I don't know, everyone's saying that we should lose out. I don't agree. We have to root for the Jets to win every single game. I agree with you, Tyson. I don't like the Patriots. I don't like the Bills and the Dolphins. So I hope we do win the next three games. I know a lot of people won't agree, but, yeah, I mean, know, like, the, I, listen, I understand the notion of you want a high draft pick, and I, I understand all that, but I want to see this team be competitive, and I want to see the young guys all competing. If that means Bryce exactly. Petty wins the game, so be it. I mean, and yeah, it's like – if you want a player bent up in the draft, you have to get him. I mean, there's no guarantees in the draft. We've already learned that. But, Rumi, what is your take on, on Bowles? I mean, they came out, they were flat again. I mean, they got bailed oh, no. out. Oh, no, this one. No, he was horrible. Terrible. No, this one guy, he was shirtless. This <laughs> 49ers fan. I mean, no, no, the Jets fan. He was cursing. He was every F-bomb, you know, fire Bowles. I mean, this guy was just crazy. You know, I, I know it's not realistic that he's going to be fired, but I'm hoping he would be. He needs to get rid of him, Casey Rogers, you know, everybody, Chan Gailey, everybody. Yeah. Now, if they, if they only fired the coordinators, would that be good enough for you? No, because then Todd Bowles has the power to tell him what to do. It's, it's not going to be the same. You have to get rid of everybody. Revamp sure. the whole team. Make the change sure. now. I don't want to have to wait until next year or, I mean, 2018. It's ridiculous. The fans are not going to take it, you know, yeah, and so absolutely. is uh, Woody Johnson. Yeah, but what surprised uh, me about that game was that two-point conversion. I almost fell mm. out of the chair when they announced that. <laughs> you, Joe, you know I complained about the special teams not making that yep. attempt all season yeah. long. And when they did that, I was like, you got to be kidding me. And Bryce Petty ran in there. I was like, wow, that was amazing. You know, yeah, and, and, and like, I, like I was telling everybody, and you were there live with me as well, it just energized everything. The sideline, the fans went off, and, and you saw him sell out and give everything that he had to he get did. that two-point conversion. You know, and he got hit by a couple guys, spun around. I mean, he didn't care. You just saw him just throw reckless abandon and make sure he got that. And that brings us to my next question with you is this team, there's a huge void of leadership here. We talk about it week in and week out. With Petty doing things like that and guys, you know, definitely warming up to him because he's selling out and they know he'll be there for him and he'll give it all every single game, could mm-hmm. he develop into the leader that we need in the locker room for the team? Well, I think he has the ability, but he needs somebody like a different offensive coordinator or quarterback coach who can actually, you know, teach him to be a leader because I don't think these two guys are doing a good job right now. Like you said, he's not getting the reps. I mean, he's, yeah. he's really comfortable only throwing to Robbie Anderson and Sharon Peak. He needs to get more comfortable, you know, throwing it to Quincy Anunua and Marshall. Marshall only got, like, what, two passes or two catches? I don't even yeah, remember. He was, yeah, he didn't even get target, targeted that much. So, 
that's my concern. Rumi, too. I, I got a question for you. This is yes, a very Tyson? easy question for you. I'm, th- I'm throwing you a softball right now. Okay. Are you sure? I don't know. It could be a trick question. Exactly. No, I, would, I would never do that to you. Would you, extend, <laughs> yeah, right. would you extend Brandon Marshall or would you trade Brandon Marshall? Those are your two options. What do you mean? Why do you have to trade him? Because I he's want going to last year's contract next year. Would you give him one more year or would you trade him? That's, those are your two options. I want to keep him. We need his leadership. So you'd give Brandon I, Marshall a contract extension? Y- yes. As what, I mean, I know Quincy Anuma could take that role, but I really like Marshall. He's playing his heart out out there, and we need that kind of energy in our team. Because those three, those three catches a week are really making you feel good? I mean, that wasn't his fault. I mean, that was Bryce Petty. He was, he's not comfortable throwing it to him. It's so, not Marshall's fault. And that one okay, incredible so you, catch by Quincy Nuwa. I mean, come on. That was a bad throw, and he managed to catch that one-handed. Exactly. So you want to have a youth movement. You want to rebuild, but you want to extend an older receiver. Yes. I don't know. What about Eric Decker? I mean, is he coming back too? He's mm. that is a what about he's injured, him? so he, he, he's going to be tough. I mean, he's banged up. So we're not yeah, so you don't know what his condition is going to be next year. Exactly. Yep. Now, that, that, and that's a great point there, Rumi, is that you just brought up. Again, I'm the man of the people here. And, <laughs> you know, hey, you're looking at the situation and you're saying to yourself, Eric Decker, hip surgery, probably not going to be ready at the start of the year. Even if he is ready, there's going to be, you know, some complications in that surgery. He's going to have mm-hmm. some time, so he's probably not going to play into the, you know, maybe mid-late season, something like that. You're looking at yourself, you're saying, Quincy and Newell, Robbie, after that, Devin Smith is the Devin question. Smith, oh, don't ask me you know, about Devin Smith. I mean, is, is Sharon <laughs> really ready to step up? Who's the viable number one option there? So I see your point there, Rumi. I mean, type right? in your thoughts. <laughs> so, hey, I'm just, I'm just here to ask questions. I'm just asking questions uh, you know, and Rumi's answering them. I mean, if you want to keep extending players, I mean, you know, that, hey, that's up to you. I'm pretty used to it. That's up to you. <laughs> Tyson, you're so funny. I'm going to call her Rumi McCagden. That's your new name. Even new, yeah, new exactly. Name. <laughs> Put me in charge. I'll tell him. You met me, Joe. I'm like the fiery, you know, person that I am. I can go crazy if I have Absolutely. to. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Rumi, I'm, first of all, Rumi, I'm glad that you finally met Joe because he's me a very too. difficult person to get along with. So I'm glad you guys got along. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, oh, my God. Here we go. And thank you for the free hug, too. Absolutely. I'm always here for you. Anytime you meet me, like I said, free hug for everybody. Man. Well, thank Have you, guys. Have a good guys. night, Rumi. You too. Bye-bye. All right, Joe. Well, I mean, the whole Brandon Marshall thing is going to come to fruition, and I guarantee you that sooner or later the contract mm-hmm. scenario will come into play where he may want extension. Don't you think so? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be coming. Um but I, I don't think they'll give him an extension. Uh, I think you look at that situation and you're saying, hey, you know, how much he's going to be asking for? Do you really want to give him one more year here? You know, he's an older receiver. I think they'll, if they're smart, which this regime has done a lot of dumb things, um, they'll, they'll kind of hold off and let him play out his last year or next year and, and kind of see where he is then because you don't want to commit too much money to you know, a guy going up in age. And we, we've seen that. We we did that with Revis. We did that with a couple of older guys. And it doesn't pan out well. I mean, Father Time 
is undefeated. You know, Brandon is a great competitor. He's a very good receiver. But sometimes, man, age just creeps up on you, and you're done before you know it. And and you do agree that if you're going to fire both coordinators, you might just go ahead and fire Bowles as well, correct? Oh, absolutely. I'm cleaning house. Listen, it's a holiday season. Tis the season. Get your ass out of here. Look, Chan Gailey needs to be gone. Todd Bowles needs to be gone. Casey Rogers, you can go with him too. Everyone keeps saying, well, you got to fire Casey Rogers, the defense. Listen, Todd Bowles is the overall head of that defense, okay? He's the guy out there calling plays. Defensive genius we brought in here. The defense sucks, and it's because of him as well. Get out of here, okay, Chan Gailey? You don't know, uh, you don't know how to run an offense in the red zone. You, you, miss, you forget Matt Forte earlier in the season. You get too cute in the red zone. You don't understand certain things. You're putting the, the ball in the hands of Ryan Fitzpatrick way too much in your game plan. You're forgetting Bilal Powell. Can't figure out packages for ASJ. Mismanaging personnel. You can get out of here, too. I'm cleaning house. There is no way that I'm just going to fire these coordinators and keep bonehead Todd Bowles in here. Nope. You can go, too. You like calling timeouts when the clock's already stopped? You're gone. You like not developing young players? You're gone. You like doing bonehead things during the game and not going for two and letting the Buffalo Bills stay in the game? You're gone. Get out of here. Everybody, I'm making adjustments. I'm opening the door just wide enough for everybody to get up out of here. Get out of here. Dude, and it was so funny. Like I, again, I said it earlier, you're watching the game. The Jets fight all the way back. They tie it up. They have the, the, the final minute of the game, and he completely blows it again. Game management, yeah. time management, completely the same damn thing we've seen for a year and a half. And it's like, it means that there's no, there's no self-scouting. There's no lessons learned. There is no clue whatsoever. The dude cannot time manage and game manage. He can't. There's just – and it's blatantly obvious. It's obvious. That literally reminds me a couple of games ago when he called the timeout against the Steelers. The clock was already oh. stopped. It was like, what are you doing? And then he didn't go for it on fourth down. It was like fourth and two or something. He ends up punting. I just, you know, he just does some of the dumbest things I've seen. And I just, it, it's hard not to laugh because, you know, he, he, he's, he's clueless out there. And it's just, it, it sucks because the zombie is our head coach. It's like Night of the Living Dead out there. I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. You know, Dad, I was watching the game with Giants fans, and they just looked at me. They said, like, I don't know how you do it, man. Like, I don't know how you tolerate this. Like, I don't know how you do it. Just, so we're going we're gonna to go we're gonna go to our next part. It's a good friend, Edson. Edson, it's Joe and Tyson. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, guys. You know, we just won, and it was like, okay, we won. No big deal. <laughs> so what, what was your thoughts on Petty? Well, Petty, I'm glad he uh, congrats on his first NFL career win. But there's, like you said, staring at receiver, just pumping the ball fake. You know, it's just like, uh, it, yeah, let's not get too excited. You know, my, I'm kind of whispering here, like, congrats, kid, but next week you're against the Dolphins, you're the starting quarterback. Get it, get it together real quick, man. Yeah, absolutely. I'm right there with you, and I want to thank you for calling in. He's got some things he's got to work out. But they saw, you know, as as the game went on, you know, we saw him kind of pull some things together. Face adversity, got us the two-point conversion. He led a good drive as well. He, he's going to pull that together, but he's got some things he can build on, too. I saw some good things out of him. I want to talk to you about Bilal Powell. This guy's finally got the rock this game, and he ran like a man out there. 29 carries, 145 yards. He also had five catches for 34 yards as well. Two TDs. I mean, what are your thoughts about him finally getting as many snaps as he can 
by Chan Gailey. I mean, Chan, he's almost been forgotten about in that offense. Well, it's just I don't know. I don't know what what's the deal with you know with you know the Jets organization trying to entomb Bilal in, in, in the in the roster in, in, in depth. I mean, just, every time we just we just give him the ball and he just goes out there like, all right, thank you, and he just go going for the yards and then he's going making touchdowns. It's like, so what is that? It's like, oh my God, what is it? What is have we been doing? It's like, and he's been doing his best job, so he just have to collect dust. I got a question for you, Edson. Do you think there's any member of the New York Jets that belongs in the Pro Bowl? That was going to be, yeah, I was going to ask you guys those questions. Like, who would you endorse, you know? So, yeah, I, have, I, was, I was thinking about Bilal. I was thinking about the new one. And then there's the elephant in the room, which is supposed to be, but nobody talks about, is Lenny. So, yeah. I would pick Lenny. The only, the only thing I have reservation is, like, you know, getting into it his head about, oh, I'm in the Pro Bowl, but then he's going to Orlando. It's like, not Hawaii. It's like, oh, you're, okay, Lenny, here's your bowl, Pro Bowl ticket, but you're going to Orlando. Just have fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I honestly think, like, Leonard Williams is definitely playing at that level. I don't think he'll get in because sack numbers aren't high mm-hmm. enough. But then after that, I don't think there's anybody else, Joe. I, I don't see – I mean, I think it's Leonard Williams, and that's it. But, I mean, it's hard, it's yeah. hard to even justify anybody else. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I was thinking. You know, his numbers don't reflect uh, – his sack numbers, at least, don't really reflect how he's playing. I mean, this guy is playing, you know, some of the best defensive linemen in the league. Um, he's really, really doing a lot of good things on, on a line with a lot of guys that aren't giving half the effort that he is. Um, so Leonard is, really is the only guy uh, that I think would would go. Yeah, I would have to agree with you guys. You know, despite the fact, you know, arguably, like, you know, say, well, we, let's not pick anyone for the Pro Bowl because nobody deserves it. But now we'll be doing some so injustice to, to Lenny. Edson, another question I have for you is, are you surprised how piss poor our special teams have become? <laughs> no. It's the, it's the pissy context never ends, man. I was just like, we, we got hopeful with the, with the Australian punter and all these other things, and just, no, it just doesn't He's end. terrible. I'm so tired of him already, too. <laughs> I can't take our punter anymore. I'm so tired of that punter. I can't take it anymore, Joe. I can't. You know, it's just like every week, there's, there's certain things you can guarantee every week now. Seriously, there's certain things you guarantee. You're guaranteed a false start. You're guaranteed at least three personal fouls. You're guaranteed at least two shank punts. And you're guaranteed two blunders from bowl. It's a guaranteed every friggin' week. Every week. Like when it happens, like, yep, you have a checklist. All right, shank punt, there it is. Miss tackle, boom. Blow coverage, boom. Time management issue, boom. Every week, it's the same goddamn thing. Yeah, I would actually tell Petty, just like, you know, just run the ball. You know, don't, don't, don't punt it. Don't punt it. Just run the ball, throw it, you know. Who cares where it lands, all right? Just don't give it to Lack. He's been terrible. Jesus, he's so bad. It's terrible. <laughs> Thanks for calling it. So we appreciate oh, it. Uh, Dude, seriously, though. I mean, every week you just wait for it. It's like like any kind of play happens, and you're waiting for the penalty flag. It's pass interference, offsides, yeah. false start. It's but and we don't even have time. We we spent two and a half hours talking yet, but we haven't even discussed the, the train wreck that our special teams are. They're awesome. <laughs> Nick Marshall. Nick I mean, Marshall had, was some improvement. He was catching the ball and getting the hell beat out of him. I mean, dude, you can yep. fair catch once in a while. You're gonna die out there. <laughs> I mean, and, and it's crazy because we fired our special so. teams coordinator, brought in another guy, 
and said, hey, look, we're going to fix our special teams. Things are going to change. And it's just the exact same thing. It's just the same stuff. You know, the only thing I'm happy about is not seeing Jalen Marshall back there fumbling and bumbling like he was earlier in the season, you know, back there kick returning and trying to punt return. But, man, I'll tell you what, I, Nick Folk, you know, he made some very good field goals for us. He had a 50-yarder, so that's a guy uh, that has definitely stepped, stepped up on our special teams. But our punter, man, we were excited Terrible. about him. You know, we drafted these two. We brought one in. We drafted you know, a lot in this like, monster. Yeah, oh. <laughs> like how'd that work out, buddy? I mean, it's like Quigley 2.0. This dude is shanking kicks left and right. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Our coverage is uh, that, that's another unit that needs to be fixed yet again. Yeah, and it's like mm-hmm. you look, and sometimes like you gotta look twice. Like, wait, was that a thirty-yard punt? Like, like what? Are you like, oh, it just never – there's so many holes, so many problems. It's just a, an absolute disaster. Um, usually we do game previews. I don't have anything to offer yeah. in this game. I have absolutely no idea what's going to happen. Bryce Petty versus Matt Moore. The only thing I will say is this, Joe, it, 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 I don't know. Will, will Petty struggle more against the Dolphins defense as opposed to the 49ers? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't – I just well, – that I don't even know that Dolphins. Yeah, that Dolphins front, you know, they can get after you. Um, and I think that's going to be something because the player of our offensive line against the Niners was not very good, um, especially those tackles. So I can see them targeting that. Uh, we could talk about the Dolphins running game, just absolutely running through it. It seemed like every single time Carlos Hyde even touched the football, it was a 20, 30, or 40-yard game. And he was he's just averaging gone. 18 yards a carry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, was anybody out there? <laughs> Is anybody out here? <laughs> like that's that's what I'm sitting. You know, I'm sitting in the fourth row, and I'm just and the 49er fans are just yelling and screaming. Is any is there a jet out there? Anyone near him? I mean, is anyone even gonna? Are you even gonna reach for him? I mean, <laughs> are you on the same? It was ridiculous. So I could see a Jahi going off the same way. Um, and. and <laughs> This Dolphins running game would get after you, man. They could do a lot of the same things the Niners did, if not better. Um, they have a, a solid receiving core, too. It, it's tough, man. It's absolutely tough. If this team comes out the same way, Zombieville, and you start bad against the Dolphins, they're not going to let up like the Niners did. Even with the quarterback being, you know, even with Tannehill being out, this is still a team that's overall more talented than the Niners. You know what I'm saying? So. I, I could see. Yeah, and the thing is, they're going to have a lot of fans in the stands. The place is going to be a oh. ghost town, so it's, you know, another, another primetime performance, lucky us. That's another reason <laughs> to just hate this team. But uh, I'm not even getting a prediction, dude. I don't even care. I just, just don't embarrass us. <laughs> so that's the only thing I'm rooting for. Uh, uh, wow. Um, you know, I, I don't I, even I'll care. Give a prediction. <laughs> I hear you, man. It, the it's been a, pain. It's, Harper. Pain, Harper. suffering. <laughs> pain and suffering. Listen, I, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll give a prediction. I'll say, and it, it, it hurts for me to do this, but our run defense looks so bad. Um, I'm going to say 21-10 Dolphins. I, I predict heartburn, headache, and... <laughs> I'm going to say, yeah, I don't even like 24-21 Dolphins. I don't think that's one in this game either because the Dolphins need this one for the playoff run, so I don't think they're going to yep. 
So um, as we wrap things up, just a couple things. Um, once again, thank you, everybody, to all our guests, our callers, our listeners. Um, we're over 200,000 listens, which is just insane at any level. So I want to thank everybody. It's just it's just really crazy at this point. Um, okay. And also, toysfortox.org. Thank you, Sergeant Stanley, for calling in. Like we said earlier, listen, we all like to enjoy the holidays, and the holidays are most times about the kids and the kids having a good time and, and enjoying presents and gifts, and every kid should have a gift and a present. So if you can give back and donate, definitely do so. And, Joe, your, your, your thoughts and your, your closing here. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, I'm the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote our Facebook page. Everyone, go on Facebook. Search Long Beach Joe. Like that page. Our content is up there, man. Give it a listen. You know what I'm saying? Let us know what you guys think. Leave us some feedback as well. Message us. We'll message you right back. We love going back and forth with people about this team in its current state, but hey, we're still here and we're fans, so let's go back and forth and let's talk to each other there. I'm also on Twitter as well, at YoungJ000. That's three zeros on Twitter. Follow me, I'll follow you right back. You want to troll me? No problem, I'll troll you right back. We can go back and forth and troll each other. I am here for that, okay? I'm also on YouTube as well, at YoungJ00. That's two zeros on YouTube, three on Twitter. I do weekly videos about the Jets, I do pick-ems. I talk about the entire NFL. So subscribe to my content. You know what I'm saying? Comment. I comment. We can go back and forth on there as well. I love talking to people on there. And as always, guys, when you see me, okay, and you can ask Rumi. Show me the money. Jerry, you better yell. Show me the money. See, you just keep, you can't stop hating. That's your problem. You got a lot of hate in your blood. But the love will overcome that, okay, when you see me. Arms out, chest open, hugs for everyone, okay? It will cost you nothing, all right? I want to thank everyone that listens to the show. You guys are the absolute best. Without you guys, we are nothing. You absolutely mean the world to us. Thank you guys so much for taking the times out of your day to listen to us, okay? I want to thank everyone that I met in San Francisco at that game. Everyone that listened to us there, you guys are the absolute best. I'm always shocked when people recognize me or, you know, uh, uh, recognize my voice at all. You guys were great. I loved all you guys as well. Thank you, Sergeant Stanley, for calling in. Everyone, toysfortots.org. Get over there and help any way you can. You know, get a kid a toy. Give a kid a good Christmas. It, it, it would mean the absolute world to them. Thank you guys so much for listening. You guys are the absolute best. All right, Jets off on Saturday night. <laughs> Bring the Advil. We'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>